P-P-P. The Steve Dangle Podcast with your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. Easter Seals! Don't forget to donate when you can. Jesse's the only one who, do- who dressed up for today's show. Um, <laughs> Jesse's like, hey, you didn't wear a Halloween costume. I'm like, yes, I did. And I put my TJ Watt jersey back on. That's all I got. <laughs> didn't you wear that on Friday? No, I, I think I wore it two Fridays ago. But oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. And also, I'm resurrecting the Steelers who were terrible yesterday against Jacksonville. That's what uh, it was. I um, wore the scariest costume. For everybody listening, I wore the scariest costume in Adam Wilde's eyes. It's a referee. A linesman, yeah. specifically, because I don't have the orange armbands. So that's how you know I'm a linesman. And you yeah. got the, the finger whistle? And I got the finger. Oh. I'm going to fake drop. It's dangerous. It will. It will. Nope, never drop it. It's boo. Ah. Oh, whoa. <laughs> oh, so I, I didn't think there needed to be an icing there. Oh. Steve, what are you? I am a guy who forgot his blippy costume. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I wore an orange sweater. Were you going to do the blippy Harlem shake for us live? <laughs> no. You weren't? Do Why? Have we spoken about this? Yeah, for sure. On Listen, the show? I don't think we yeah, need we to have. say much more. I think you just need... You guys go ahead and look that up. We did this years mm, ago. No. So or if you're over 18. Yeah. <laughs> mm, still no. It's probably been like five years since we had the Blippi conversation. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it hasn't a while been ago, right? Five years. It's yeah. been a long time. And it was, it was I wouldn't have known. Pre-pandemic. I, yeah. Had to be. Oh, no. yeah. You went, it was when you had a kid. Yeah. It was, yeah, yeah. Oh, I yeah, was only yeah. aware of... Th- th- that's the thing about having a kid is uh, you get introduced to... Oh, have you ever heard of... You know, Coco Melon, Coco, yeah, but yeah. like beware, like they'll they'll Bamparina? Like, yeah, yeah, some random character, and you're like, no, what obscure nonsense is this? And they have ninety million followers. Yeah, a hundred percent. I always wonder who their followers are, like because, like, listen, no, no offense to the Wiggles, but like as an adult, I had enough Wiggles at home, I didn't need to follow them on social media, but they have a ton. Whose kids are these? Well, like some of them are into like fitness or whatever. Yeah. They post like stealth thirst trap they do they, they <laughs> a couple of them are like into intense fitness like walking on your hands fitness uh, I, I see red wiggle uh um, adam you and i would have talked about it in 2019 that's when, when the story came up for uh the radio show that's right and then it came back when steve had a kid and discovered who blippy was and we had to tell sl and steve uh hey this, yeah. this guy that your kid is watching <laughs> he's done something yeah well, <laughs> You know, as a parent, you're like, well, I'm not not watching that video. Oh, I had to watch it. You got to know what your kids are in. Yeah, I know. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to watch this and I'm going to hate it. And I did. <laughs> you have to. I didn't it. mind it. Yeah. <laughs> what, what I never, take. What I never understood okay. about the video. And by the way, uh, he does the Harlem shake and I'm not going to tell you what happens next. Explain but, the Harlem shake trend. Oh, God. That's I think like 10 people years don't ago. even know what so, that is. Harlem shake was like a, a song that had like a like electronic beat and a build up. And then what people used to do on social media is for the buildup, they would just hold in Tableau and then the light would go out and then it would say, do the Harlem shake. And then you'd see people going crazy and you said you saw people do it on buses at university lectures and stadiums or whatever. And uh, and then there was the blippy version before he was blippy. And he had to apologize and say, I'm sorry. I'm, you know, I was a comedian back then. Mm-hmm. He, and I was like, I'm not sure which part of that was comedy. Like, <laughs> it was pretty sure. I mean, listen, like, we all try some things. We do. Maddie, pull up the uh, the Vice article. <laughs> How kids YouTube star Blippi used copyright law to hide his Harlem Shake video or Harlem Shake poop video. Yeah. 
That's all you need to know. <laughs> now, by the way, it is out there. You can still watch. Reddit, the, everything kind of exists yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. And it hurt his fame. Kidding. He's so <laughs> successful that he's able to hire like blippy impersonators to like tour the world for him. And it was BuzzFeed News yeah. that that published it. Remember when BuzzFeed had like news and they actually they did some good news breaking. Mm-hmm. Besides their dumb articles about here's 20 things you didn't know about. Yeah, so it was, it was that week, February 15th, and then that Wednesday of that week is when the uh, the BuzzFeed news article went went does, viral. Does BuzzFeed exist anymore, by the way? Yeah, it does. In but they shut down the news division like this year. I think. Oh, was, okay. They made a bunch of headlines. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Not that many headlines. <laughs> well, if BuzzFeed is not around, who's going to write about it? <laughs> 20 reasons we shut down BuzzFeed News, and you won't believe number seven. Yeah. <laughs> 20 reasons to be incredibly dismayed at the state of journalism. You will believe all 20 of them. Um, I want to do a sh- quick shout out to Kelsey, Mark, Christopher, Daniel, Dean, Kevin, and Scott, uh, who have all donated to my page. Hey. And left very nice messages as well on my Easter Seals page, so thank you very much. Currently, Steve is in first. Yeah. Nice. Currently, Jesse's in second. Oh, and nice. currently, our, I am in third. Our team is in second, though. Yeah. So we gotta. So here's my thing. Get those numbers up. You don't need Je- Steve and Jesse. Don't need your donations. I do. Yeah, we do. Because I need to beat Steve. <laughs> okay. The That's goal true. this year, Adam Wilde takes on Steve. Beat uh, Steve. I don't know. I think I can take down the champion. I get get your rally caps on. Put them on inside oh. out. Let's go. You've only you've raised twenty one thousand eight hundred dollars, and I've raised six hundred and seventy four, and I feel like thousand. No, damn, just six hundred and seventy four dollars. Oh, okay. And I feel like I can catch him. Don't you think, Jesse? I don't think so. Hey, everybody out there, uh, in the description of this podcast are donation pages to Adam's, Steve's, and my donation pages. And if you want to keep Adam in third place, hit my link. Uh oh, Jesse. Uh oh. Oh no. Do you hear that? What the footsteps of what? Adam Wild, <laughs> Ke- coming up the rear. He's gonna catch us. No, keep him in third. I want second. That's my goal. I gonna want second. You. I'm gonna get you. Get you. Oh. Um. All right. So listen. Let's talk about the Battle of Alberta. Yes. Uh, as somebody rightly pointed out in our comments section. Excuse me. Compliment section. That's what mm-hmm. we have it as. Mm. Yeah. Compliment. I thought yes. Steve's title for last episode was really good. It was good. Scuffle of Alberta. Not I, as good. Battle of Alberta is, I think, it's, it's, it's the one better. time. You, you think, think it's better? I think it's better. I, uh, I think Battle of Alberta is. Scuffle of Alberta combine the two? I see. I've always, I've also used Scuffle of Ontario before when oh, the Leafs yeah. and Sens were bad. Oh. So I recycled a second best joke. Boom. Damn. Boo fart. Cancel the pod. <laughs> Cancel the fucking pod. It's over. We're terrible at this. Um, bad, oh. bad, bad play. Right. Off the you, you thought I was going to drop a good joke and oh, no, 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 I faked it. Didn't, uh, didn't uh, a ref have a moment? It's, it's, funnily enough, before we get to the Alberta, um, didn't the ref have a moment? I thought Mikey Stevens retweeted something. Where he's like, oh my God, I can't believe he's so funny. Like another one of the... Uh, was, it oh, was it Wes McCauley this weekend? I don't weekend? know. Yeah, oh, because he didn't say too many men. No. What did he say? Was, oh, they had six guys. And I think it was... Is that supposed to be funny? I don't I think it was Bleacher Report. It was like... <laughs> like fuck. What, guys, Wes McCauley is over. It's It's done. Yeah. Are we starting a West McCauley, West McCauley is over party? Yeah. Five minutes for fighting. <laughs> and then he did it again. Five minutes for fighting. Do you remember when fan groups used to do that on Twitter and they'd trend? They'd be like what? the Ariana Grande part. Ariana is, Grande is, is over, over party. party? Yeah. yeah. And then like, or Taylor Swift is over party. And it would be like fan groups fighting with each other. Should we start that? Like, I feel like 
in order for um, like all those calls to be good again, he needs to be like a good NHL official. And, oh, um, stop it. <laughs> what? You got a problem with the laughing emoji at the end of their tweet here? They have six skaters on the ice for too many for Wes McCauley. This is Bleacher Report on open ice. And then they have the laughing emoji. El Mau. You think they should retract the laughing emoji? No. I think I don't care about this person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's a nice guy. It's not about the person. It's about the call on the ice I'm, not being comedic. I am positive he's a nice guy. Yeah. I but I like I don't I don't care. <laughs> okay. <laughs> not to be a stick in Man, the mud. It's so funny, right? Like you're very you're sticking the mud about very few things, but this is really one of them. That's oh, why yeah, I know you hate this. Uh, dude, I can find humor in almost anything. Anytime anyone's like lol, did you see Wes McCauley? I'm like, fucking get out of my face. All right. So if you're but a good friend of Steve Dangle, <laughs> and that means following him on Twitter, anytime Wes McCauley does anything, you know what to do. Oh mm -hmm. read it at him. But if, this is the a uh, person within the NHL trying to have fun. Yeah. And if you see someone with a hockey jersey and a series of giant stinky lumps in their pants, just know <laughs> that they, it's because they shit themselves from laughing at Wes McCauley's wacky calls. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. What's he going to do in the third period? I bet it's called nothing. Shut up. Oh, wow. People don't forget. Two minutes. People don't forget. Fighting. <laughs> fighting. The Two battle, minutes for salt. The Battle of Alberta. We were wondering which team racing to the bottom. Would it be the number 30th ranked Oilers or the 30, 31st ranked Flames? Uh, actually, it was actually it was the other way around going into this. It was the 30th ranked Flames. Oh, and they the flipped? 30 they flipped after this Whoa! game because the Oilers won. And it's a big one. You know, 55,000 people there. McDavid actually played. Yes. Uh, and you could hear like there were the, the on Hockey Night in Canada, they were doing the panel shows from uh inside the football stadium which is super cool i actually like what a what a visual i thought oh, i thought yeah. it was really yeah, cool yeah. and you could hear like ron mcclain he's like you could just hear him go i'm so glad you're playing <laughs> would've, this would have been bad yeah. um but a lot uh, of complaints from fans within the stadium though Oh, really? Uh, the bathroom situation was very similar to the one that happened in Hamilton. Why can't the CFL figure out fucking bathrooms, dude? No, they can't How, do it. Does, okay, anybody that goes to Tim Hortons Field in Hamilton regularly, tell me, do you have to wait an hour in line like we did? Mm -hmm. There's 40,000 seats in there. What do you mean you don't have a pee trough? I'm telling you, just dehydrate yourself with really salty popcorn and enjoy the game lethargically. So, so, so Jesse, there, there was huge long lines. What else? What the con concourse was packed. Like the people, when you're you're going to the concourse, just, it was just too many people, I think, for them to handle at the same time. Right. Commonwealth Stadium has never been like the best facility in and of itself, like in the first place. Right. So I think it was uh, not the greatest fan experience. I, I saw some, I saw a complaint from a fan who went in a wheelchair and they spent like 400 bucks on tickets and uh, people were not understanding what the wheelchair section was and they were just using it to get to their seats. Yep. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. And anyway, like, I guess it's not, that's not like on the event itself. No, I mean, it, it's, I well, it's on the facility and it's on the management of it. And, and frankly, and I, I think, we saw this a little bit when uh, the Leafs played Buffalo in, in Hamilton at uh, that Buffalo home game in Hamilton. Weird. Um, <laughs> uh, that sometimes when a facility is not used to taking that many people, they get overmatched. And it's not like they're going to hire staff well, for just that event because you got to train them. You got to bring them on board, like all that sort of thing. So it's I can. Yeah, I can see how that could happen. You also hated it because of the bathroom situation. But Jesse's being a little dishonest. What is it? He well, being, he hated it for a different reason. Is he being disingenuous? He's being disin... 
Yeah, no, let's stick with that one. All right, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's he saying? What's he well, doing? Well, you know what he's leaving out is that he, <laughs> Jesse ripped his pants at second intermission. Oh, yeah. How <laughs> did you do that? From, from I, crotch to knee. <laughs> I was stepping over the back of the seat. You know, one of those right. where, where you don't want to disturb the people who are in your row. So you step over the back to get out. So, and I did one of those. And yeah, right down from cross. So it's me. like freezing temperatures, like super wet air. And Jesse's sitting there with an exposed leg for like 45 minutes. I want to shout and out. Weirdly, he didn't enjoy it. I've done this a few times, but there were some SDP listeners there. And one of them was like, Adam, you look cool here. And he threw uh, he threw glove warmers at me. Oh, yeah. I forgot yeah, about that. That was super cool. <laughs> that was really nice. What about the girl who said she didn't like me? Do you remember that? She was a Sabres fan, was she not? Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't like you or whatever. And I, I was like, oh, oh, oh no. <laughs> I didn't know what to say. I, I don't think that. she minded you by the end of the game. No, by the end of it, she's like, you're fine. I'm like, oh, yeah. good. Good. Yeah. <laughs> the, the other thing about Commonwealth Stadium, the, we'll get to the actual game, but like afterwards, we had a live stream uh, for Game Over. Yes. Like, all of the Game Over crew got together and the stream was over an hour delayed because the, the guys were at the game and they couldn't get to the, the pint to do the live stream. Yeah, because you can't leave. Because nobody he could leave and it's just when these events happen it seems like nobody has the foresight to think about hey we got fifty-five thousand people leaving at the same time they don't all arrive at the same time because mm-hmm. people arrive at different times but when the game's over they're all leaving at the same time and no one really thinks about that. i don't know what you do to fix that because i left an outdoor game in foxborough um habs bruins and it was the same shit yeah so, like it's not just the cfl i think you right. have I, I think you you have some that are better equipped like for instance, Steelers, 55,000 people. Yeah. Uh, whenever we leave, we expect to walk a- at least across the river, uh, unless you're taking like the Gateway Clipper, which is the boat that goes up to the Mount Washington. So you expect to, you're expecting to walk 20, 20, 25 minutes or something like that. Damn. Um, because that's just part of it. That's just, that's just what you do. If you're going to drive, forget it. You're stuck there forever. So I think, I think, yeah, 55,000 people. The only way I could see that happening is if you had like three trains lined up. And you just kept cycling them. for as much like an airport shit as we give the city of Toronto. The Rogers Center is perfectly placed. Yes, it yeah, is. That's awesome. It's yep. perfectly placed. Same with the same with Scotiabank. Yep. You know, it's it's right next to the train station, you know, and that's where you want. And if anybody's going to the game, you exit there and you're in the open space and the people uh, disperse in a very convenient way. It's mm-hmm. maybe the one good transit decision Toronto has ever made. Yeah. yeah. Well, they, they stole start- it from New York. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. yeah. The idea to build. Uh, so Scotiabank was supposed to be on top of uh, the Air Canada Center was supposed to be on top of Union Station. And then they reworked the plans to make it next to it. Thank Better you. that they did. Yeah, because uh, Madison Square Garden is, what, three floors yeah. above the train station. So, yeah. That's and it kind of has to be. It's New York, right? Yeah. Like, down, people forget, when Scotiabank Arena was built, it was just a piece of empty land, which is kind of weird. Toronto, that used to have this gi- gigantic plots of empty land where nothing happened. Uh, <laughs> and it was an old post office. I just, I'm taking satisfaction in us taking the Battle of Alberta. And making it about Toronto? And making it about oh, Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen. And our transit system. <laughs> Uh, 55,000 fans. McDavid played. And hey, listen, I want a round of applause because Seaweed Man got his first goal. Vinny Dayarnay, not David. Um, And was in the box for a goal again. We're we're not going to talk about that. It it looked like it was Evander Kane's goal. It wasn't. Stuart Skinner looked strong enough. Yes. Looked not like a sieve. Uh, Well, I mean, it's the outdoor game. So take the under generally. Sure. But it was seven goals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Five, two. Yeah. 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 Um, Overhit. 
The one thing I, I really <laughs> oh, wanted well, to... Oh, well, then never mind. Yeah. I don't, don't take that. I don't know. What the, you're giving a bad betting you know, advice. I, <laughs> that, was, that was wrong. That was wrong. The game had already happened, too. It's not like you're trying to predict something. There's it, a reason, it hit the there's over. There's a reason they don't call it Drew and Steve. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, but, you know... I'm, f- I'm so tired. And I, yeah, <laughs> you, you did have a late night last night doing yep. something, working on a secret project. Yes. Which we're thrilled about. Yes. Um, but... Uh, um, so, so Steve's going to be, you know, we're going to make it a little easier on you today, buddy, because we're going to do an extra long press conference, which mm-hmm. is good. I'm such an idiot. But first, we, <laughs> we do really need to hit this. And I, yeah. and I want to bring this up. Steve, explain to everybody who doesn't already know. And Jesse, you've heard this a million times. Mm-hmm. Forgive me. Tell me about the punk test. What's the punk test? Uh, the punk test, it's an old um, uh, story from a, a comedian uh, named Patrice O'Neill. And he, he told a story from his uh, childhood where he was you know, he's a teenager. He's in high school. He's playing a game of pickup basketball and some guy who like he wasn't friends with some guy he didn't recognize, you know, joins the, the, the game and all through the game, he's like giving him an elbow, you know, he's, he's pushing him, he's stepping on his foot, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And the whole game, Patrice didn't do anything about it. So at the end of the game, uh, the guy robbed him. He, he took his four X tall Puma suit is, uh, is how the story goes. Um, and he knew he could rob him. He knew he could get away with it because all throughout the basketball game, he gave him the punk test. Can I punk this guy? Mm-hmm. If, if I elbow him, if I do this, if I do that, is he going to do anything? Is he going to step to me? And he didn't. And that's why he got robbed. Now, this has played out several times as as Leaf fans in um, different varieties, right? Where we've been a little bit, you know, the team's been a little bit soft in moments where you need to be a little bit hard. Yes. And uh, and sometimes you see it happen in other games as well as a Leaf fan. It's crazy. Um, but I, think, I don't I think I know what you're going to say. Evander Kane. Oh, he owns their hearts and souls. Knocks down Nazem Kadri from behind. Mm-hmm. The Flames did a thing that the Leafs have not done in the past, but would do this year. Yeah. Which is they circle they circled them. They're, they were like, we're gonna get in there and I'm gonna grab you. Like there's God who I'm gonna grab your collar, I'm gonna grab it and then stretch it. Nothing's gonna happen to you. You're gonna have to put that in the dryer to get it back into shape. Yeah, you're gonna know that I'm upset. Like, you gotta at very least do that for God's sake. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Now stinky glove, something. The crazy thing about this particular punk test is Evander Kane knocks over their best center, second best center, whoever you you know, debate yeah. uh, from behind. And a bunch of flames circle around and he's mic'd up because it's the Heritage Classic classic. And he says something to the effect of what's anyone here going to do? Yeah. What is what are any of you going to do about it? And they do not have a human being on that roster. Like, think about it. Who's it going to be? Well, Zadorov. That would be my instant thought. Question mark. Right. um, Who's it going to be? So this is. This is the issue, right? You've got a, um, and it, I do want to bring this up because I do think it matters. And maybe it's too far in the past, but if you remember, the Leafs uh, and the Flames in Matthew Kachuk's last season in Calgary played each other, and I believe it was Jake Muzzin at the end of the game yeah. flipped the puck into His Matthew ass. Kachuk. Yeah. Now they were nemesis before when Jake, or sorry, I think when Jake Muzzin played in in LA, in LA, because yeah. Drew Doughty and Matthew Kachuk hate each other. Ah. And Muzzin and Kachuk played, sorry, Muzzin and Dowdy played together a lot. So Matthew Kachuk loses his mind. 
None of the Flames players do anything. And when he leaves, he slams the door. And everybody's like, yeah, we're just a little tired of Matthew Kachuk's bullshit. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what made it out. Un- the, the quote was out there, but there was no sourcing, right? We didn't know who said it. Right. And I looked at that last, last night and I thought, man, wouldn't you love a little Matthew Kachuk bullshit? Oh, dude. Well, this is why I was so hard on the Leafs when uh, that report came out that they were kind of sick of Michael Bunting. And like, listen... We can have the debate of whether or not he should have been back on the team. Uh, did Carolina overpay? What, what kind of a player is he? And I mean, his antics with the officials. But Bunting did something that no other player on the team did last year, which was enter the fray. And he entered the fray enough that they were like, Ugh, we're tired of that. We don't want him to do that. Well, and other teams ISOed him. They were able to get to him because he was the only yep. guy who would do it. Yeah. Like if Matthews is getting fucked with, he'll jump in there. And so will Mark Giordano, the oldest active <laughs> skater in the NHL a year ago. But, well, and he did it a couple of games ago too. fired himself like a torpedo. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. So so if that happens, those two will do it. Those guys on the well, Bunding's not on the fringe of the lineup, but Gio is. Um, and they got sick of it because when he got fucked with and couldn't even stick up for himself because the officiating in this league is beyond atrocious, mm-hmm. um, no one did anything. No one stuck up for him. Yeah. They abandoned him. Yeah. And, you know, they seem to be a bit of a tougher team this year. Like, um, you know, I, I don't suspect things like that will happen again. Um, where they're just like, nah, we're going to let you get your ass kicked. But um, You mean the Leafs? Yeah, the Leafs. Okay. So this was really concerning. With the Flames, right. <laughs> it is the opposite. Like you kind of see like the 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 Flames and Oilers had a really good rivalry going. Um, where they were kind of making moves like um for the purpose of each other, right? Not just for building the best team. Uh, not just for building a team that could survive this division. Like, you know, getting Evander Kane made sense for the Oilers, but he really did seem like a Matthew Kachuk answer. Mm -hmm. And you saw in their playoff series against each other, you know, uh, Kane was on Kachuk like shit on Velcro. Even like like the Lucic signing when he was in Calgary, you know? That was like to... When you're going to go in the playoffs, you're going to go up some against some killers in the Pacific Division, and including Edmonton. Yes. So, you know, you get uh, what's what's Kadri supposed to do? Kadri is going to go at McDavid, like that's how I viewed that mm-hmm. signing. But here's and Flames fans, I am speaking from uh, uh, an area of expertise now. Nazem Kadri and the type of player that he is, he needs enablers. Like he <laughs> needs guys who will let him do his nonsense. Yes. Yeah. If you don't have guys like that on your roster, if you don't have guys like that who will make Kadri two or three inches taller, you know, people are talking about like, oh yeah, he's got I think he has a goal now. He has a goal and yep. an assist in nine games. What's he supposed to do? Well, and and, and let's take, you know, Lee fans know a lot about an ISO Nazem Kadri. Look at what the Bruins did to him. Yes. Look what the Bruins were able to push him into doing. They got him suspended twice. Right. 
They got and that and, and they suspended him just like one of the game. One of the suspensions didn't even have a game limit on it. It was just till the series <laughs> is done. That's yeah. still it's still that's such a it's such a mockery of sports. Oh uh, yeah, you're suspended for we don't know. Fucking just sit. We don't like you. Those are the that's what how, a joke. That's how every single part of the NHL rule book is written for just ultimate interpretation by Gary Bettman. Mm-hmm. Whatever he wants to do at the time. How is that allowed? That's that's how they've written it. It's such a joke. And I'll, every time it comes up, I'm gonna bring it up because it's ridiculous. I'll never get over that. You're no. suspended for I don't know. Yeah. Like what what was it, three to six games or just something like an that? An arbitrary amount of time. Yeah. Just you, this. You have a timeout. <laughs> was it what you're just not allowed to play against the yeah. Bru- what this Calgary Flames roster? It's verging on they need a full reset. Is it not? Like no, I think they should uh, fucking resign absolutely everyone. Because last season the biggest complaint is we just need goaltending. Jake Markstrom, he was below, he was eight ninety two, I think it was or whatever last season. And if they have any kind of goaltending, they're a playoff team. But you look at the sum of the pieces now, and they're getting Markstrom hasn't been bad. It's no, just the entire has. team has been so poor and no guys that were had down years last year. They're still having down years. Yeah. So when is it just, just you? I'm, you know? I'm so. trying to grade on a curve here and I'm like, okay, well, they don't have Shillington. You know, if they had Shillington, dude, that can't sink your whole team. That, no. that can't be the Oliver difference. Shillington sinking the whole Calgary like, Flames. He's a, he's a good player, but yeah. like that's not the difference between a clear playoff team and near dead last in the entire league when the sharks exist if the sharks didn't exist yeah this is the worst team in national hockey league and and i worry so the game last night i worry about teams who go up against bad teams like washington looks really kind of like good yeah like, no, washington's back but they're playing san jose yeah you know they almost Sunday. lost that game yeah they, they did they, 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 they took to the last five minutes of the third period for yeah. them to win that game right? but <laughs> it's it's san jose so like how much do you take away from that and with calgary like edmonton it isn't that good and and you know you have a vulnerable edmonton team who's like we need this one we got to come out and do it and they did it and it you meant know? something to them it was like a playoff game. oh but, yeah. but here's david and was like i'm hurt but i'm playing and the panel talked a lot about that afterwards about how Edmonton showed up ready because they knew this could be our turnaround game. And Calgary should have looked at it the exact same they, way. I think part, the some of them did. Backlund was saying it will feel really good on Monday morning if we wake up with a win. <laughs> and wow. how does it feel? Yeah. I can't imagine. You show up Monday morning. What happened? Ryan Huska, New Flames coach Ryan Huska called the Kadri Huberto Coronado line, quote, quiet. It was bad. Uh, from Julian McKenzie's article on it uh, with The Athletic. It's been 10 days since the Flames scored more than two goals in a hockey game. Oh, by the way, today's 11, by the way, Huberto, Huberto, Kadri Coronado. Mm -hmm. So there's another combination. That wasn't even the line we were talking about last show. No, Uh, the Flames have scored only three times at five on five across their last four games. From Eric Francis, scoring both their goals on the power play, the Flames generated just four high danger scoring chances while playing five on five compared to 19 by the Oilers. During this five game losing skid, the Flames have scored Three goals while on five on five. So it's whack-a-mole. You got your goaltending somewhat fixed, and now you can't score. This team should be able to score, for God's sake. Like, Where's the evidence that they can do it? uh, I guess, like, uh, what what, what, what are the words I'm looking for? I have to update my eyes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sort of with the Canucks. Like, I look at the roster, I go, that's a pretty good roster. And no, apparently I got to update my eyes. Because uh, actually, the roster looks like crap. Now, 
I will say this, <laughs> and you guys are going to roll your eyes, but don't roll your eyes just yet. Mm. Okay, it's a small sample size, but the Mangiapane Lindholm Huberdo combo is 17th, which is pretty good in expected goals overall. Okay, 17th. I, to get I for, saw this yesterday. For context, Bertuzzi Matthews Marner is is uh, 19th. Right, right. Okay. Now, when you look at the power play, which is where you'd expect the goals are going to come in, mm-hmm. they're not playing together. Mangiapane is on the second unit. Huberto and, uh, um, why, why is his name escaping me right now? Uh, Lindholm uh, are on the first. Elias. Yeah. And uh, that's, by the way, that's with offensive and defensive lines. On offensive lines, just offensive lines, they're 10th. Is Andrew Mangiapane just Calgary Nikolai Ehlers? <laughs> Like clearly first line talent, but coach. for whatever reason, his coach is just like, meh, <laughs> nah, I don't feel like it. I always thought Nick Ehlers was like his closest comparable coming up was like William Nylander. It's it should have been, yeah. No, they were picked one and two. Yeah, people loved making that comparison. Not one and two. Of how closely they were picked together. Yeah. And they and their seasons Seven, kind of eight, mirrored eight, each nine. other early on. Anyway, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. just haven't. Uh, so the one the one thing I noticed with Manjapani there, like to me, that shows great defensive metrics. Mm-hmm. But like, go look at his points and everyone else's points. Like, it's listen, expected goals are good. It's a sign that good things are happening. It's a sign that you should literally expect goals to happen if you continue to play like this. And the other team uh, can't be on offense when they're always on defense, right? That's that's good. Puck has to fucking go in. Yeah. yeah. And Puck has to yeah. go in, man. I, I guess our, our memories kind of deceive us about how we think about Calgary because they weren't that great of a goal-scoring team last season. I was just checking and look at the stats once again. And in goals four per game, they finished 19th. And in power play percentage, they were all the way down in 22nd. I'm going like to go they, were, they weren't a high-powered offense last season. No, they either. weren't. That was part of the problem. And then, so what happened? Did they do anything to fix that? I'm going to go out on a limb and say breaking up the 340 goal scorers line was bad. Like, uh, nothing, I'm big on bold takes. Here. Nothing changed from April to October. What, is, what are we? October 30th in terms of their offensive firepower. It's the same team. And the, don't believe me. This is not lost on me. The majority of this is Bradshaw living. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And that now is concerning. Well, hold like, on. Part of it was Murray Edwards. But yes. Do you think that's okay. that's where the waters are Here, Here's what I don't understand. Okay. And we talked about this with Johnny Gaudreau going into his last year. Why did Calgary's good offer to Johnny Gaudreau not come until like an hour before he was set to be a free agent? I do you think, know. do you really think, based on the what you've seen for Bradshaw living th- thus far, that that's a Brad choice? Uh, I mean, who is he? I mean, maybe he's going to go toe-to-toe with Nylander and the same thing will happen. I don't know. But hmm. it, it seemed... Willie's kicking his ass right now. Yeah. <laughs> it seemed a little bit like that, as much as we have to put that at the foot of the general manager, sometimes their hands are tied. And we know that this owner does not like to spend money. It was uh, Look, he just got the public to fund half of his arena. <laughs> the, but, the waters are definitely muddy in terms of what has happened with the Flames over the last two, three years. Yeah, but mm. I mean, Treliving couldn't have the coach he wanted. Well, like, okay. like so we know, and we know that we we know the coach situation. There's the Matthew Kachuk thing. A lot of Flames fans have a pretty good view of that. Like, well, he made the best of a bad situation. He wasn't going to stay. He got Mackenzie Weger and Jonathan Huberdeau. We can talk can about the Huberdeau extension, but you live with that. Okay, fine. Um, you lose Gaudreau for nothing. Urgh. 
Ugh, there's not a whole lot of anything to love there. Well, and that's because there's no silver. They thought there. they they had a slam dunk to get him or to yeah. keep him. And then beyond that, in his in the last year of his previous deal, he had a no move. So you, as soon as July first kicked in, in that last year, they can move him. And then you go, okay, well we're going to use that cap space to get Nazem Kadri, who you bought high on. Yep. And like I like Naz, you bought high. And we've seen that it's way too high. Uh, well, yeah. I, mm. What's he make? Seven mil. I think it's seven times seven. I don't hate it. I really don't hate it either. But I feel like the time seven is tough. I, I and, and you know what? Uh, give, uh, give him one piece of credit, Sutter. Last year, uh, he did say in training camp, we don't have any finishers. Mm-hmm. Which is <laughs> Lindholm had 40 goals the previous year. Lindholm had 40 goals. Manjipani Kadri can score 40. He, uh, Sutter, like, Kadri's never scored 40 goals in his entire career. He didn't score 40 that year in Colorado. No, he scored 28 goals. Oh, when he, how many points did he have? 28 59. He had 87 points. Holy shit, really? Yeah, Kadri's career high is 32 goals. Back he did back to back years 16, 17, 17, 18 with the Toronto Maple Leafs. No and then way. Calgary last year had 24 goals, 21 22 with Colorado, 28 goals. Like, this idea that Nazem Kadri is a 40 goal scorer is. No, he's is, not. Is what's made the, up, apparently. Bar- Barbara Streisand effect? Is that yeah. no, the one where you misremember something oh, that didn't that's happen? The Roger Clemens effect. Isn't it? I forget. <laughs> I misremember if I took steroids. <laughs> the Roger Clemens um, effect. by the way, outside of a 35 goal year a couple years ago, has only ever scored 17 or 18 goals. He had 35? Two years ago. He was so damn good. Remember, we but, were talking but outside about of that, the Canadian Olympic team? Yeah. And then. They were like, we we can't. Manjapani can't make the Canadian Olympic team cancel the Olympics. Yeah, and so they did. Maybe it was Tyler Toffoli. Maybe he was the uh, the thing that was holding this whole thing together. Maybe stop you know? and they, all your good players. And they yeah. they got rid of Tyler Tyler Toffoli, and everything's crumbling. Mandela effect, by the way. Ah, the no, I like for. the Roger Clemens effect. Way better. <laughs> we can change it. That's way funny. <laughs> way better. Way, way better. better. You know, the fall is always a grind, and one of the things that kind of gets you through is your routine. And if your routine is good then you should be able to kind of make it through because there's a lot going on. Obviously, you know, there's the back to school thing. There's Thanksgiving. There's Halloween. Depends on what side of the border you're at, which which order that comes in. And then, of course, you know, the big holiday at the end of it. Uh, some What's, of it. What is that? Uh, some of us call it Christmas. I don't oh, know if you've heard of it. The Feast of St. Stephen. That's right. Oh, there you go. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a lot. So one of the things that we highly recommend, Jesse specifically, is AG1. Yes. Mm. And it keeps you fired up. Make sure you get all your vitamins, even when you're crazy busy. And Jesse works literally all the time. Yeah, no, that's the, that's such a key point. I think that's very important to illustrate this point. It's like, it's an easy way to stay on top of this aspect of your health. It's just, you take this every morning. It's simple. You do it without thinking. And every day, you know you're getting all of the vitamins and nutrients that you need. And AG1 helps you build your health foundation first. Uh, it's science-driven formula with vitamins, probiotics, and whole food source nutrients. Probiotics, you know what that means regularity oh that's right i was like not antibiotic it's a comprehensive <laughs> solution and if what's if if it's what you need with your supplement routine then try ag1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin d and five free ag1 travel packs with your first purchase go to drinkag1.com slash sdp that's drinkag1.com slash sdp check it out we have 28 million confirmed geeks in north america that's so many geeks and we a can lot prove of nerds. It. we can prove it dorks. dorks geeks dorks you know why 
Because 28 million people have downloaded the SeatGeek app. Ooh, the wow. number one rated ticketing app. 70,000 events every single day on SeatGeek, including concerts, sports festivals, and more. If you want to go to a live event a la, I don't know, a hockey game? What? SeatGeek yeah. is the way to go, you nerd. That's crazy. I hear Taylor Swift does shows. She does. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> They're difficult to get, but 70,000 events every single day. SeatGeek is the place to find them, I would say. That's so many events. It's a lot of events. I don't know how they keep track of all that, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, I'm, like, I, have, I have legitimate questions for SeatGeek. We need to talk to some Hey, guy. seat nerds. Uh, anyway, uh, they put all the tickets across the web in one place. Each ticket is rated on a scale of 1 to 10. So it means that you know green is good, red is bad. Every ticket is backed by their buyer guarantee as well. And SeatGeek is the only site that lets you return your tickets ahead of the event with swaps and uh, uh, we want to come through for you guys whoa okay? join the geeks like us use the code SDP for $20 off um, uh, tickets at SeatGeek that's 20 bucks off your first purchase with the promo code SDP and make sure you click the link in the description in the video or on the podcast side to download the app um, uh, you guys did mention the, uh, the, the sharks, the sharks were zero seven and fun this weekend. We haven't seen a zero seven and fun in a long time, but unfortunately, as of last night, they're now zero eight and fun, um, which is zero eight and one. Uh, and here's the thing. It was a heartbreaker. As I mentioned, uh, Tom Wilson scored with five, four, four, four forty five left in the third period. Um, their next game against Vancouver is Thursday, which means the Sharks did not register a win in the entire month of October. They own the San Jose Sharks franchise owns the record for least amount of uh, wins in a season. So it's going to be fun. That was their opening see. year, though. That, that wasn't fair. Was yeah, it? but <laughs> I think it was like they had uh, 11 wins. They were like 11 and 72 or whatever. Oh. And, or it was an 84 game season. I got to look it up. And then uh, so it's going to be fun to see if they can beat that Sharks team. Here's the <laughs> amount of goals the Sharks have scored in every game. One, one, three. They allowed six. One, one, mm -hmm. one, zero, zero. One. Hmm. So I think we were worried about the wrong trade in the offseason. We're like, Mackenzie Blackwood? Mm -hmm. Dude, that guy would have at least four or five wins on almost any other team in the league. Yes. Like, he's making a ton of saves for them. They cannot score a frigging goal. And I, I, I'm cheering for this story so hard. I'm cheering for this player so hard. Zadina, I think, has two goals mm -hmm. and no assists. Mm -hmm. Who scored for them? Uh, I don't even remember. Uh, I can I can look it up. Hang on. I had all eyes on Blackwood. I picked him up in fantasy because I needed a goalie oh, start. Oh, God. You must have needed a goalie. Then. I did. Yeah, I did. I won. Holy shit, I won, but bad. it was by the skin that's of my really teeth. That's really bad. <laughs> yeah. he, was, he was a plus... Uh, he was. He made a lot of saves. Uh huh. So he he was a positive, even though he didn't so, get the win. So um, goals. Luke Kunin scored. Fabian Zetterland and Philip Zadina currently lead the Sharks with goals, uh, each with two. So for as poor as Zadina's season has been, he's leading the Sharks in goals. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was Luke Kunin who got the goal last night. Luke. Kunin. And the the record that the Sharks hold is most losses in an NHL regular season. They had 71 losses in the 93 season. The Ottawa Senators actually had less wins, but more ties that same season. They went 
and four. Oh my god. Yeah, and the Winnipeg Jets one year they went nine fifty seven and fourteen. So there's teams with less wins, but no team with more losses than the okay. ninety three San Jose Sharks. Good Quick question god. for you guys. Trivia. I don't <laughs> expect you to get this, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Uh, 82 times two is 164. That's two seasons worth of games. Mm. If you watched all 164 games for the San Jose Sharks in the last two years, how many wins would you have seen? The last two years? Mm -hmm. Like prior to this one? Uh, so, so like not including this? Not including this year because okay. there's obviously no wins, but also not including this year. Okay. 52. That's so high. Jesse. Uh... 30. <laughs> well, you know what, Steve? I hate how good you are at this. 54 games. <laughs> Which, by the way, is still less than a third. Wow. And and uh, and I think in the last <laughs> the last 91 games, so this year and last year combined, it's 22 total wins. Ooh. In 90 games. Ooh. We Damn. could see the San Jose Sharks at maybe three or four wins by the time they hit 100. Uh, well, in the last between this year and last year, and they might have won one quarter of their well, game. So that's what I'm saying. They got to win three out of their next eight games to get to a quarter. Can they do it? It's crazy. Now, <laughs> Shark and 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 I Steve said this too on the weekend, and I want to. I'm going to lift this from you, Sharks fans. The Leafs went zero seven and fun before their first win, and they didn't even think they'd be bad. Right. That that. That Leafs team was still worse than this. Oh, no. the Le That Leafs team expected to make the playoffs. They expected to make the playoffs. Now, they were without Phil Kessel, but like you knew that when you acquired him. Uh, the Sharks are bad very much by design. So, I don't think they meant to be this bad. I don't think they did. <laughs> I don't think Mike Greer, who played in the NHL proudly for many years, is like, yes. Did you see them? They're no wins through nine games. Yes. Their admin uh, was really, you know, that Vince McMahon clip that's that's mm -hmm. crying. <laughs> they were like the first eight games of this year, and it's Vince McMahon crying. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they're trying. They got a sense of humor yeah. about it. I like it. We also have you to have apologize to. to the Anaheim Ducks because I think all of us had the Ducks below the Sharks, and now that we've seen them on the ice, there's no Ooh, way any man. team's going to finish below the Sharks. I don't feel bad about that. <laughs> Why? Because Frank Vetrano has two hat tricks. What the? F <laughs> who the? Who called that? that coming? No. <laughs> no. No, I, I didn't. I also didn't they, didn't they end the Avs like winning streak? Didn't the Ducks win? Dude, it was no. Uh, Chicago, I think, ended Vegas. And um, Anaheim ended the Bruins. That's what it was. All the winning streaks ended in the dumbest way possible. It's hockey for you. That's hockey for you. Um, senators mm. are going to face some punishment. Uh, this, okay, how quickly is the beginning of this season for the Ottawa Senators approaching the Uber season? What do you mean the Uber season? The 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 Oh, in terms of disasters? The, the season where um, they had the Uber scandal mm -hmm. that should have never happened, that driver's a scumbag, but uh, the, that... Yeah. That the beginning of that season was thing after thing after thing after thing. And that was another season where they expected to be good. They were coming off a you know, they were a goal away from going to the Stanley Cup. Matt Duchesne was new and was yeah, expected it, to be a good team. Exactly. This year, um, there's the Shane Pinto waiting game. Mm -hmm. Then there's the Shane Pinto we find out what happened. Yeah. Part of it. You could throw in the Josh Norris injury, not injury. The Josh Norris injury, not injury. The cap situation. The fact that the guy that they got for DeBrincat, who has like 12 points already, 
just scored his first goal this weekend. You could throw that in there. Kubelik did get one. Yeah. Oh, hey. Oh, yeah. There you no, go. I think the, the Debrinkat like, saga, I think, is 100% in there. Like, that's oh, part yeah. of it. That yeah. was bad. He's killing it right now. He's, it, doesn't he lead the league in goals? I think so. I, he might still, yeah. First yeah. or second? Yeah. Um, Brandstrom goes down. I mean, oh. there, there are some... Team doesn't like him anyway, or the coach doesn't like well, him for some dumb reason. There are some things that the team can't help, right? So, the, like, that injury was horrific mm -hmm. uh thomas shabbat going down for four six weeks is crazy bad for them like i know i'm forgetting some mm -hmm. like there are all spots. ammunition that sends fans are going to use next summer for why they'll be a playoff team next year i got one i'll, for be, you. I'll be saying the same thing <laughs> i got one for you leaving your goaltender who they want to pull in the net to go out for the oh, third period and then bad. having one of your players go over and tap him on the shoulder and say hey you're not in the game that anymore. was brutal like there, there are some bright spots like ridley grigg is yep. legitimately yeah. doing great as a rookie but Things are going bad, and Adam's about to explain how it could get worse. Well, so Evgeny Dodonov, if you guys remember this, uh, he was traded from the Vegas Golden Knights to the Anaheim Ducks, except he wasn't. This happened on trade deadline March 2022, and we don't fully know why, but what it came down to was, hey, wait a second, the Anaheim Ducks are on my no-trade list. And they said, wait a second, the Knights did. They said, wait a second, you don't have a no-trade list. You didn't file it. So... If you don't remember, uh, Dodonov had um, signed with the Senators and then been traded to the Golden Knights after a year with Ottawa. Um, and they were under the impression that Golden Knights were that uh, he had not submitted his list. As it turned out, that wasn't true. And Anaheim was among the lists uh, on the team that, that, that Dodonov had on his list for teams he wasn't going to be dealt to. The trade was voided by the NHL. And Elliot Freeman reported uh, on Hockey Night in Canada on Saturday headlines. He said sometime, I think in the next few days, the NHL is going to announce some sort of punishment to the Senators for that situation. I think we're going to get a clear explanation of what occurred and why Vegas wasn't at fault. Um, wow. And, you know, because it was Ottawa's responsibility to hand over that trade protection yes. to Vegas during the trade. And the agent came out and said, no, I submitted this list at Ottawa. You have it. Give it to Vegas. And Ottawa's like, no, it doesn't exist. To so be fair, it's Ottawa's fault. And to be fair to Ottawa, only Pierre Dorian worked at the Senators at that time. It was one person. Like almost, he was in an office literally. all by himself. <laughs> like I'm, I'm not surprised with the skeleton crew that they had behind the scenes. Remember, we we had actual segments like who works there. Spartacat is actually one of their scouts. That's true. Oh, part time. We've we've gotten some messages over the years. And I was oh, I had some I had a DM the other day saying how bad it was working, especially when Eugene came in. I haven't I haven't heard a good review yet. Of of yeah, I, like I'm sure some people have a great time there. I uh, haven't heard a good review yet. I'm sure that's going to change under Ann Lauer. But I'm also sure. I am not surprised coming off of COVID, coming off of another bad year, coming off, you know, yeah. the, the owner is in 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 not great health at, at that point as well. Yep. And remember, Pierre Durian had to deal with the other Pierre. <laughs> McGuire. <laughs> that's right. So what's, I think there was some chaos doing? behind the scenes. What's he doing? I don't know. Is he on TV? No. I don't know. I haven't heard of him. No, he hasn't or been. heard from him. I haven't, I haven't heard from him you at all. You didn't text him? No. No, I, uh, I don't have his number. <laughs> yeah. So uh, there will be some sort of punishment to the sense, which kind of sucks for Ann Lauer because I'm like, I'd be I like, didn't man, do it. I didn't do this. Yeah. Why don't you wrap this up earlier? Why do we have to be penalized for this? Well, so I saw some debate. So I'm thinking that the punishment is going to be draft pick or picks. Mm -hmm. um, so it won't affect his pocketbook. Um, and I saw some people upset about that, like Chicago 
for their scandal. Um, it was money. It was a lot of money, but it was, it, you know, wasn't anything that's going to hurt them on the ice. Mm -hmm. I think the difference there is the NHL will ding you for things that give you a competitive advantage or you put teams at a unfair disadvantage. The Leafs were fined a fourth round pick, I think, because they illegally helped Jonas Frogren, of all people, um, get out of his contract in Sweden so that they could bring him to the NHL. The Arizona Coyotes illegally uh, tested a bunch of uh, players, did combine testing for draft prospects. They were fine draft picks because that's... Uh, they were fined pretty significantly. It was like a yeah. first and a second or something yeah. like that. It was, it was pretty big. And now the Senators put the Vegas Golden Knights in a position, uh, you know, a competitive disadvantage um, due to their negligence. And it's not an insignificant thing because if you remember the, the Golden Knights missed the playoffs by like one, two points that year. Yep. If they're able to trade to Donov, they get, were, they were trying to get somebody else in the door. Yeah. Right. They wanted to free up the salary cap space. They could have made the playoffs. And there's millions of dollars through the door if you're Vegas. And Bill Foley likes to make money. Right? So it, if I'm Vegas, I'm I'm fat and happy because I won the Stanley Cup. But, but still. Uh, no, also, yeah. still, you guys screwed us there. So fuck you. Another aspect of this that was reported in there is that this is also an aspect of pride and reputation building for Bill Foley specifically. Because right now, everybody has a reputation, uh, has the reputation for the Vegas Golden Knights. Like, they treat players like shit. You know, that they, they're not afraid to get rid of guys and they're willing to churn over yep. their roster at the cost of winning. And they want to make it known that this incident with the Donoff wasn't our fault. We right. didn't, you can't add this to the list of the things you think about the Vegas Golden Knights. We did the right thing here and they want to prove it through the Ottawa Senators being directly uh, penalized for being at fault here and what happened. And I'll, I'll own up to it. Like, you know, you get shows like ours who skewer you. Uh, for that exact reason, but all the evidence in front of us said that it was Vegas's fault that that this happened, and they want to uh, they want to retract that. They want to say, "Hey, this wasn't our fault." Yeah, and you know, whoops, I also I think was wrong, but we didn't know this information. You exactly. probably could make the argument that Vegas would have, you know, if if I'm Vegas, the argument I make to the NHL is I wouldn't have made the trade, or well, the they tra wouldn't have, or yeah. I wouldn't have paid as much as I did. Or that, yeah, like, or I wouldn't have, that wouldn't have acquired this player. Yeah, because if I thought I couldn't trade him to certain teams, which have a ton of cap like the Ducks did, um, I why well, get him? Oh, you mean like the first time? Yeah, like I would have bought Ottawa that summer or whatever they paid. Maybe it was a third round pick. I would have right. said to Ottawa, okay, now it's a fifth. No, it was. Uh, I don't remember if it was straight up one for one, but it was Dodonov going to the Golden Knights and Nick Holden going to the Sens. But, you know, you see that whole butterfly effect, like Dodonov should have never gone to Vegas. Holden should have never gone to Ottawa. Well, Dodonov could have because the, the list, Vegas was on the list of teams he could go to. It was a limited no trade. Right, but what I'm saying is Vegas wouldn't have, or perhaps wouldn't have made the deal right. if yeah. they had known they weren't then so able to flip them. it was a third round pick in Nick Holden that they sent to Ottawa in exchange for Dodonov, and Ottawa ended up drafting Elias Pettersson. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, and g look at look at the difference in money on that deal. Vegas was taking on the far more expensive player in Dodonov uh, and giving the Sens the far cheaper Nick Holden. Mm -hmm. I, if I'm Vegas, at minimum, I want my third rounder back. 
Right. So yeah, you can make the argument saying, hey, if we knew Dodonov came with the no trade list, that third round pick might have been like a fourth. And Ottawa's already picked the guy. Yeah. Well, uh, they ended up... Elias (laughs) Pedersen! They got Elias Pedersen in return? That that third round pick ended up going to Vancouver, who then selected the other Elias Pedersen. But yeah... So the Sens made a subsequent deal. Yeah! Right? There's there's some real real big butterfly effects with this this trade, because you don't know how they look at it if they think Dodonov has trade protection this is my bag i i gotta uh i gotta trade do a, tree? a trade tree on the trade that should have never happened yeah you know what the reverse trade tree kind of thing that could I be fun I'm, i think Undo i'm gonna do it. that yeah. i think i might do that <laughs> yeah undoing it mm-hmm. yeah I, i'm i'm fascinated to see what the nhl does here um and i'm not so here's what i'm curious about though also the the shea weber deal doesn't happen Oh, because yeah, Vegas was... then doesn't have the dawn off to give to Montreal in exchange for Shea Weber's Holy contract. This, Shea this... Weber should still be in Montreal on LTI or somewhere else on LTI. This mistake from <laughs> Ottawa cost the Vegas Golden Knights millions of dollars. Oof. Millions. Now they don't give a shit because they won, mm-hmm. but they also give a shit. Yeah, I would a give a shit. I'd still give a shit. Yeah. And now yeah. Montreal has Gary Onoff because then they used the dawn off and traded him to the stars. There's so many layers here, and they, they really screwed up by not uh, remembering to file that paperwork. I'm so, I'm so making So does the punishment... That's yeah, a great video. You. We're just doing this now. It's no, fantastic. Great. This is great. So the, the, the punishment, though, is interesting because Vegas is owed something. Yes. Right? Well, so I don't know that. Well, I, I feel like Vegas would make that argument. Right? I think you're right, but so, I think it might just be the Sens getting dinged. That, and that's what I was going to ask is, what's fair here? Because obviously, I, we don't... In, in our in our law system mm-hmm. in North America, we don't do eye for an eye. Right. You fuck up. Sorry, but, you know, the person gets punished. You don't get shit. No, right? like you it get can like money. There is restitution. Yeah, but I, like I a, think in a civil suit. Yeah, sure. Sure. But I mean, in, in, in this particular case, call are Natalie. we just going to have a call? We call, call Natalie. Yeah, Natalie. Get, get the lawyer. Off, <laughs> well, so <laughs> you're like what I'm working. I get important shit to do. Um, no, no. But what I, what I want to get out there before before sure. we jump into the next thing is, is what I don't understand is. If the NHL just dings Ottawa a third, right? Let's just yeah. say it's a third round pick. No. They have to give it up. And then we just have 31 players selected in, in the, the second. Yeah. Right. I that feel happens. like Vegas ought to get something back for this. So if I agree, I, I think the plan might be, let's say it's a third round pick, like just for the sake of argument. Um, the Sens get fined a third round pick. There's only 31 picks in that round. And just every team moves up. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. What what does that benefit? Why why are all those teams between Ottawa and Vegas probably mm-hmm. uh, they're getting the benefit from this punishment to Ottawa, right? And and so, why yeah, and also why including our rivals? Why is the third pick? Or sorry, what is why is the first player selected in the third round a third rounder when he really should be a second rounder? No, think about that because what? if you lose, no, sorry. The fourth round. So if you're if you lose a pick in the third round, there's only 31 teams. The first pick of the fourth round is technically a third rounder. So right, right. no, <laughs> you're right. Like, you're right. Excuse me. No, but this, I want my contract. Is, we've done this before. Like you just brought up the Arizona Coyotes losing their first round pick in 2021. Like the but the, they didn't do that to anyone. They did it to themselves. Right, but right. Like, the rest. And that's the big. But difference. the the guy who was selected 32nd that year, he doesn't get to like look at his resume and say I was a first round pick. No, hey, you're a second round. I'd pick. be in the bar being like fucking first round pick. <laughs> well, so. I, I would be in the bar fucking bullshit. That. Yeah. <laughs> we should look up who that was. Yeah, we should. Yeah. I want to say, didn't that happen with uh, Jeremy Bracco in the Leafs? Like he was picked with 
a third round pick, but it was in the second round or something weird like that. I, I don't I don't remember. But you're if, asking if us when you're sitting right there. I know my bad. <laughs> uh, if no, if I'm Vegas, I know full well the NHL is probably planning on docking the Sens a pick. But I'm arguing that pick should go to us. We should right. We should get that pick. Uh, and honestly. I think they got a really good argument. And and to be honest, too, uh, why I, got, I got an answer for All right, give it. Way. Give it to me. Who so was the way they do the pick forfeiting is that they still have that selection. It's just skipped. That's so silly. So the the Coyotes in the twenty in the twenty twenty one draft, they were thirty two picks, but only thirty one guys were selected. So okay, so the eleventh. So who pick, was the pick before it? Uh, Tyler Boucher. And he was was, tenth by the Ottawa Senators. He was tenth, and then no one was picked eleventh. So pick eleven happens is blank. Somebody would have selected there, and then Cole Sillinger now becomes the twelfth overall pick. You you know why they do that? I'm pretty sure Um, because the higher you're picked, the easier it is that you can argue for like bonuses and and stuff. And Cole Sillinger is the eleventh pick. Yeah, Matthew Coronado (laughs) is the twelfth pick. Dude, that's nonsense. That's so. That's so yeah, you guys are saying that they. You think they should re? hundred percent. Just even, keep the keep the number that you're drafted at. I I I don't mind this way. I I don't like it because I feel like you if you are a, a former yeah. second round pick, for whatever reason, people take you more seriously than if you're a former third round. No, pick. You, you know what happens is idiots like me have to do videos years down the line, and we go, "Why are there only thirty one picks in this round? What the fuck?" You missed one, Steve. Yeah, this website made hey. a mistake. NHL.com <laughs> fucking unusable bullshit. Oh, no, they got to put this so that, uh, you know, people like me don't fill the deck. Well, the NHL, if the if there's a, if the NHL wants to take a glass of water, rather than lifting it to their lips, they like to wrap their arm around their head first and then try to drink it. Mm. That's just the way they do things sometimes. It's just, how do I make this as complicated as humanly there you go steve you got it you go. that's it that's the nhl trying to figure this out um i hope i hope uh that they do the right thing and they and vegas gets its restitution so you think they should get a pick they should they should get a third back yeah like so the other things that i cited the the leafs with with the illegal frogren signing uh the coyotes yeah the leafs did that to themselves the coyotes did that to themselves this is the first instance i can think of where one team's negligence directly affected another mm-hmm. uh it's a that's a that's a very fascinating one the just sidebar on this giving draft picks and like forfeiting them the worst rule the nhl ever had was the if you sign a coach you got to give a draft pick and, well, well and was, naturally, you remember how many times the Leafs got fucked on? Who that? did it fuck? Lou? The Leafs <laughs> and Mike. They had that deal. They had that rule in place for like what a year? Yeah, or it, was, two? it was like two seasons. The, the Leafs, Leafs lost a second and a third over that bullshit. The Oilers lost a second because they got Pete Chiarelli. Stupid. Oh my god! Dumb. One of the worst rules they had for like a second, and it just affected the. It also twice. just didn't make sense. Like, no. why have it? No, gotta, they're, they're not look, under contract. A guy man. wants a job at another team. Yeah. Like, let him go. And he's not under contract. Like Babs didn't make sense. He wasn't under contract. His contract had publicly expired. I, I he's gotta, not a restricted free agent. He's a human. If he went and worked at Xerox, would they have had to give them something too? Yes. Like this is ridiculous. By the way, I want to throw this out there. Breaking news. Oh, Toronto oh. Marlies have signed Kiefer Bellows. To oh. a PTO, who well, played with the Flyers last year. He was, uh, I think, he had, uh, according to Kyle Cushman, he had three goals in 27 games. He's, uh, he's going to help their power play. I think he's a former first-round pick. I think so, too. 
might be good to just augment the team make and give them a little bit of toughness too. Like you saw the run that I forget the player, but somebody took a run at Robertson mm-hmm. a couple games ago or a couple weeks ago, I guess now, not a couple games ago. Yeah. The, the, the AHL can be like 40 games in two weeks. Yeah, the, Marlies, um, the Marlies have some grit on them, but I think you could never have enough in the A. No. Well, and also the, like this is, uh, this, this is actually good. This is Brad Treleving and his management group. Um, oh my God. Party. Purdy? I'm trying to remember the name of the Marley's GM. I suck. Um, but this is Brad Treleving and his management group doing the same sort of things that... Hardy. Was, Ryan Hardy. Hardy, sorry. Um, Party, I think, is one of their ECHL coaches. Uh, he's doing one of the things that Dubas used to do, which is, all right, let's use the Toronto Marley's for projects. Kiefer Bellows, uh, you know, has that high-end pedigree. Mm-hmm. Um, from years ago that has obviously fallen off. What's the likelihood uh, that, you know, he has this huge resurgence and can become a regular NHL player again? Eh, It's not very high. Yeah. But it could happen. And the cost of signing him to the American Hockey League, especially when you have a team. Well, it's a PTO. Nothing. Yeah, like Mm. who gives a shit? No, but like I'm saying, he'll probably get an AHL deal out of this that he will try to parlay into a NHL deal. Um, if it works out, it works out. It's like found this, money. this is it. Yeah, it's well, found money. It's and every money. once in a while, and you got to keep trying for this, you get a Carter Verhege. Yeah. Or uh, yeah, well, people are gonna groan, but Justin Hall. Mm-hmm. Greg Greg McKeg's another one that the Leafs kind of gave up on for Zach Hyman, but he played. Yeah. He yeah. He's put together you know decent little and just, pro, listen, pro hockey. Justin career. Hall. It's not like they gave up a ton to get him. It was just it got annoying how much they used him. That was what. Yeah. No. People he was that, a former second round pick. Yeah. Who they got in the ECHL did well in the AHL. Parlayed it into an NHL deal. Parlayed it into a regular NHL job, despite basically being held hostage by Mike Babcock for seventy one games. Seven. He was healthy scratch seventy one times. In a season. And now he's a multi-million dollar player. You know what? Justin Hull is actually a miracle. <laughs> you know what? I'm cheering for him now. And he's also... I'm going to order a Hull jersey right yeah, now. That's right. Okay, go ahead, Jess. What do you have? Did you have something? No. no. Oh, I thought you did. Sorry. I'm sorry. That's okay. Let me just throw you under the oh, bus like that. Jesse, oh. Jesse, oh, yes. Yeah. Um, you, you did this. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to drop thing. the buck. I didn't oh, drop it. Oh, do the oh, thing. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, now you're out of the face-off circle. Hey, because I fucked with you. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You, you thought you were playing against the other guys. No, you're also playing against me. Ah, I'm yeah. part of the show. I'm a linesman. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Watch me fake drop the puck. Whoa. Give a big hand to me. Yeah. Um, the Leafs drop an annoying one in uh, Nashville on Saturday. Now, listen, yeah. if you look at the and I know what Steve's going to do. He's going to quote the Nick Alberga tweet from earlier, you know, where they were three, one and one on the road trip. I get it. Ooh, someone wants I get LFR. it. Uh, but let's let's be straight. If. If I told you that Ryan O'Reilly was going to score two goals, you would say, of course he is. I'd say that's it. Um, I fucking hate Ugh. when former players get one over on the Leafs. And the first goal, the first goal is the thing that annoyed me, I think, the most. It's a terrible goal. And and I love Sammy. He looked better. But he looked yeah. better after that goal. He probably allowed two goals he shouldn't have. <laughs> like, that's why it's annoying. It, listen, I'll get I'm over it. But... For that to happen, and then for them to not even get the puck at all in overtime, they're like, win the faceoff, or you can't. W- Nobody on this team could strip guys. They've had two completely opposite overtimes this season. I don't remember who the first one was against, but they had the puck the whole time. Was it down? Tampa? 
I don't remember. Oh, it was Tampa. Yeah, because yeah, John Tavares scored in overtime in Tampa. Yeah, and it was Tampa. Throwback. Oh, um, right. And yep. then uh, someone has a memory. This one, <laughs> I know. <laughs> you Thank God. Thank God for you, man. God, you are. <laughs> what do we do before him? I don't know. Like, <laughs> not even just on the show, just like as people. Just, what did we do before Jesse? I don't know. Nothing. Anyway, sorry. Keep be, late, right. be late for everything. Uh, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Also, be warm in our car. Yeah, not pick him up. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, left me at the go station. Uh, so, so yeah. So I just found I just found that anyway. UC Saros was great. He was fantastic. Oh, he was different. Like it's, amazing. It's fun watching a goaltender who's like better than everybody. You know, He's, like watching so good. UC Saros play goal is a lot of fun. Easily a top five most athletic goalie in the NHL, especially yeah. in this era where every goalie is like six three minimum. He Soros is like five. You compare ten? Soros Nine? to somebody like Jake Jake Ottinger, who's seven five in net, <laughs> and yeah. and Yusuf Soros, who's four five. Yeah. You know, and he just the the athleticism it takes for him to play goal the way he does is a marvel. It's fantastic. I, and, and, I met Jake Ottinger. I thought he was going to grind my bones to make his bread. It he's, really is <laughs> huge. Yeah, it really does. When that when the team in front of him isn't great, they're a grinding team, mm-hmm. but they're not great. They're not high skill. They're fine. Uh, they're fine. At least we're the better team. But puck drop till the end of the game. The What I thought was, same thing, Jesse. He looks just so much better than any other player on that team. And then I looked up his cap friendly. He's 28. Oh, it's disgusting. So this year and next yeah. year, he's making five. Oh, get, we expect, get, get out of here. The yeah. cap is expected to go up three and a half for July 1st next year. And then three and a half to four July 1st the next year. So on the low end, six. On the high end, eight. What's UC Saros' next contract look like after games like that? I mean, it's it, I can't imagine he's not the highest. Every paid. every contract is just a bet. It's either the team making a bet on you or you making a bet on yourself or something like that. Everyone who signed a contract that is expiring... How, how old is he going to be? He's going to be 30. Everyone who signed a contract... That expires when they're like 29, 30, screwed themselves. Yeah, it's got to be like 26 to 28, doesn't it? Sorrow should be making like 8, 9, 10, <laughs> something like that, with, like with the cap going up right. for how good he is. But like, no one's going to do that. Like, especially, you, okay, you know who I'm sending a glitter bomb to if if I'm uh, UC Sorrow? Connor Hellebuck. Thanks for signing that deal, asshole. Poof. That's, dude. Cause, Why? Because what was the amount of money he signed for? Seven. Seven and a half? They, it was identical contracts, him and Shifley. It's like seven or seven yeah. and a half. And we're all like, oh my God, he's going to be, he's going to get like Bobrovsky money. And then he decided, no, actually, I want to take a discount to play forever in Winnipeg. Um, he likes it there. Which, no, good for him. I'm just saying it's not what any of us expected. It was no. eight and a half. Oh, it was eight and a half? What's yeah. Shifley? Eight oh, I think Shifley's eight and a half too. Yeah, they're, they signed identi- okay. identical deals, right? I, you Two, know eight what? and a half. It's not a like if Soros goes into negotiations asking for that, um, I don't think oh, yeah. he's too upset with that, or Nashville is too upset with that. Uh, certainly, Nashville wouldn't be too upset with that. But with what we're assuming is going to happen to player salaries, like what Matthews is now getting or going to get next year, um, with what we assume like Drysidle's next contract is going to oh, be. My and McKinnon, oh my god! I mean, sorry, not McKinnon. Although he, he's he's going up to uh, McDavid mm-hmm. um, like goalies are just uh, like who's going to be the next 
super high paid goalie in this league. Well, I think you're going to have two or three goalies who are the best goalies who make a pile. Yeah. Like I, I'm seeing this go back to the 90s where there was three or four great goalies mm-hmm. and then there was everybody else. And guys, so, the guys like Jeff Hackett. Yeah. You knew could give you quality starts like night in and night out, but we're not the elite of the elite. So you had Wah, you had Brodeur, and I think Hashik. Hashik was 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 the third. And then occasionally you'd have a fourth. You'd have a Belfort, you'd have a Cujo who have a couple good years. Belfort was great. Belfort had an incredible career and no one ever talks about. Mm-hmm. Um but and, and a Stanley Cup winner too. But he's, like he's like one of the best goalies ever and was probably never in the top three, like consistently, just yeah. because of the era he played in. And I think I think what'll be interesting is okay, so you know Borowski's gonna make ten million until the end of time. Mm-hmm. Uh but Carey Price is making ten million, but he's not gonna play anymore. Who are who are going to be somebody's gotta break somebody's gotta crack ten. Somebody's so gotta crack ten. It's interesting when you look at around the league of uh, the top goaltenders and when they expire. Uh Sorokin as much as we like to Aegis Lou, I think he did a great job with that deal. There's a good eight point two five till forever. Like he's he's got him locked up, so that's great. Really, really uh, good deal. Less than Hellebuck signed for. Yep, less than Hellebuck. So great job by Lou there. Shesterkin is up in two years. That'll be interesting. So that might be a hefty deal. He'll still be under thirty when that contract expires. I think it'll be twenty nine. He's twenty seven now. Jake Ottinger, who's up in two years as well, is still an RFA. Oh, at the end of that deal, he'd be 26 and not eligible for free agency. But that could be a hefty price because you're buying all of his prime free agency years. So there we could see the next, I don't know, $10 million goaltender possibly in in uh, Dallas. Sorokin's going to play a ton. Shesterkin's going to play a ton. Ottinger's not. Yeah, because they found that balancing his his workload during the regular season is probably the best way to keep him fresh for the playoffs. Yeah, I, I, I maybe uh, goalies just... They're not built to take double digits. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't help that only two goalies have ever done it, and neither has really worked out. I know I Bobrovsky say, just carried a team to the Stanley Cup final, yeah. and Carey Price did the same. But Carey Price is now on LTIR, and we always knew that was a risk. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the same happened to Bob. And like, let's not forget that even though he's been good recently, Bob sucked. You don't for pay, a lot of that. Deal. You don't pay ten million dollars for your goaltender to lose his job multiple times over the course multiple of that contract. Multiple times to multiple people. Yep. By the way, guys who were just picked off of nowhere. If if Spencer Knight was still with the Florida Panthers uh, to begin the playoffs last year, Bob would have been their third goalie. Mm-hmm. It would have been their third goalie. Like if I told you Alex Lyon performed better than Sergei Bobrovsky, you'd be like, that's a disaster. You'd be like, oh, he's like, I guess he's retiring then. <laughs> right, right. So and then he was the best goalie. Like, I don't know if you guys like knew about the story that happened in like September and August-ish with NFL running backs where a lot of them were just complaining about the deals that they were getting because it, the NFL figured out and the general managers figured out that it's not it's not a good way to work the salary gap to pay running backs. Yes. So no NFL running backs are getting any kind of money. And I wonder if NHL GMs are going to look at the goaltender position and say, we don't need to throw double digit numbers at goaltenders anymore. Well, we can piecemeal this together with three, four million dollar guys. And UC will be 30, right? So you have to expect that there will be a downside to that contract, which could keep the number down overall. Because you expect, I, you know, I bet the, the Jets expect Connor Hellebuck to be a $10 million goaltender for the next two to three years. And then probably, you know, years four and five and six, he was probably a seven or eight million dollar. And then maybe in the last few years, he's a backup. Uh, you don't know, right? You just don't know where it's going to go. And I think UC specifically 
could ask for the sun and the moon, but he does get to play in Nashville, which is pretty sweet. And he will be 30. If he was 28, if this was his season, he would be banking $80 million this offseason if if uh, Nashville had to resign him. He'd be a $10 million goaltender. Here's something else I'm trying to figure out. When was the last time like a big free agent goalie worked out? Jack Campbell? Woof. Uh, Markstrom? Had one good year. Had one good year and then last year. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm trying to His think first of, year in Calgary wasn't good either, if you remember. Darcy Kemper. Well, I think that a lot of guys have thrown money at goalies that didn't deserve it. You know, you look at Jack Campbell. He had a good month in Toronto. And he got a five-year or four-year mm-hmm. deal worth five million, whatever five. it was. Five so got a, five. He got a five over five yeah. for one good month in Toronto that previous year. Okay, because with goaltending, more than any other position, it's what have you done for me lately? You have yes. to look at that. Yep. Darcy Kemper was coming off winning a Stanley Cup, and the Caps, for whatever reason, just felt like, you know, why don't we take, why don't we blow everything we've done out the window and sign that guy? Even, like, do you think around the NHL they're looking at Aiden Hill's deal and going, that's great? I don't know. I don't know how they view it. Now, he won he won a Cup. I'm not saying he's a bad goalie, but, like... Right? I think... I think well, what, do you, what do you mean? Well, he's, he's like a tandem goalie with Logan Thompson who makes less than a mil. Yeah. And he's arguably the second best. <laughs> yeah. So, but like, since he won the Stanley Cup, I think that would be evidence for the other general manager to look at it and say, like, we don't need to pay goalies because we can win the Stanley Cup with Aiden Hill. And Aiden Hill makes less than five. No, but then, but then, so he was valuable to them when he wasn't making much. And then they're like, oh, well, here's a big old bunch of money. You know what I mean? Goalies are valuable to you when they're cheap. Is what I'm right, saying. and I think yeah, you can get a whole bunch of cheap goalies. Right. Yeah. So you should go that route. I think we're saying the same thing, but I'm oh, so God. tired that I'm not. Totally <laughs> sure. I'm not totally the point, sure. The point is that it's gonna somebody is gonna crack ten again sometime. Just a question of when. They're gonna especially have to be with the cap going up. Yeah. They're gonna yeah. Have to be elite. And who are the top three goalies in the NHL right now? Because you would say Vasilevsky, but you don't know this he's year because he's played. Shesterkin and but even he's not coming off. UC's got to be one of them. UC Saros is probably at least top five. Ilya Sorokin. Yeah, he's been amazing. Joseph can, I Wall. Give, can I give you my top three? Give it to me. I got Sorokin, Saros, and Andre. Wow. And, and I'm doing Shesterkin, Hellebuck, Vasilevsky. I did. I think I did this at the beginning of the season. Wait, what did you just do? So the second Mine's tier: Sorokin, Saros. Ottinger. What's your top three goalies? Shesterkin, Hellebuck, Vasilevsky. So that's that? six. Oh, you're doing your top six. That's mm-hmm. th- I think that's the collection of top six. What's yours? Uh, th- yeah, that was good. What's yours? <laughs> no, like legit, that was good. I don't know how to disagree with that. Those are pretty pretty on par. Yeah, Those is, is that the correct ranking? I don't know. Sorokin has oh. been low-key extremely good with the Islanders, and it's a shame that the team in front of them can't score a goal. That's That's been the problem. They've been okay. They've been okay this year, hey, but it's been nine games. Expected goals god, Pierre Engvall. That's right. <laughs> Love it. He is killing it. Oh, he was killing him. it last year with the expected goals game, too. Good for him. Um, I think uh, I think Shishterkin is is one that I say is like, if there's a tier one and a tier two, he's right now in the middle, and he shouldn't be. Like, that, We I want to see lights out, can't score ever on Shishterkin, that guy come back. There are also, I, I saw some funny Eunice Corpusalo discourse. Like, there, he's like a top five goalie in the NHL when his team gets shelled. 
What? Like if he has a normal workload, he's he's mid. But if you get fifty shots, yeah. Right. If you get fifty shots, you can guarantee stopping forty eight. He's of playing them. in the right place. Then. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Yes, perfect. No, yeah, you're not wrong. He, he's someone. Oh man, I'm trying to remember who it was, but like the Sens uh, just had a ceremony for Craig Anderson, and they replaced Craig Anderson with Finnish Craig Anderson. <laughs> Craig Anderson, if you got 50 shots on him, was unbeatable. Mm-hmm. If you got 27, you're scoring three. It's a good point. It was weird to see. He was a very strange goalie in that regard. He was. He was. Uh, I hate, Reimer was like hated that. Hated Craig Anderson. Yeah. Reimer was like that. Every time he played the Leafs, oh, fucking Craig Anderson. Brutal. Um, well, Reimer, if the Leafs only gave up 23 shots, would be mid. If, if you gave up 45, he's Vesna candidate. 100%. Uh, hey, how's he doing in Detroit, by the way? I think he's played like two games. Okay. I still don't understand what they're doing there. Um, on a sadder note, a very sad note, Adam Johnson passed away. Uh, in oh. And this this is unfortunate. Uh, what happened was it was a um, skate blade accident um, to the neck, and he was playing over in England, and he played some games with the Pittsburgh Penguins. And by all accounts, and Michael Russo did a really great write-up in The Athletic, mm-hmm. um, I don't want to focus on here's the thing that that bothers me with stuff like this um, is it becomes like who's got the hottest take on how this guy died, which is happening right now on Twitter. Um, and uh, it is a freak accident and you don't need to have a take on this other than holy shit, that's sad. Yeah. And you can do right by the player uh, by reading up on the great things about this person and Every single teammate, everybody who's quoted in this article, um, everybody that everybody that was a former teammate of his that had something to say or that knew him, uh, they all said great, great things about this person. That's that's something that um, I think is actually a more significant factor in the NHL this week than people realize. There are a lot of people who play in your favorite league whose friend died mm-hmm. uh, just you know, a day or two. It's a small community, right? Yeah. Yeah. Michael Russo, I I think the article you're talking about, he interviewed Zach Aston Reese and uh, Sam Lafferty, who assisted. Bill Guerin as well. Well, there you go. He was his GM in Wilkes-Barre. That's right. Uh, And Sam Lafferty and Zach Aston Reese assisted on his NHL goal, right? Uh, I reached out to Frank Corrado, who who played with him as well. Like, there's a ton of guys. Matt Collins, Sam Lafferty. Like, there's tons of people that are quoted in this. He played with a, a lot of, you know, a lot of people, and it sounded like he was an excellent person, positive to be around and everything. There's a lot of people right now who are who are hurting. Yeah, and he went to the uh, University of Minnesota Duluth, and uh, Russo mentions that too. And that's such a huge hockey place. Yeah, like, they love their hockey, and he was a he was a really good player there. And uh, just that entire community is feeling it right now because he was a strong part of it. Um, I was sent the video. I haven't watched it. Uh, I accidentally stumbled upon a photo um like a still from the video and that was that yeah was, i can't that no, was no, enough I, for I me i was that. like okay i don't need to actually see this yeah um um you know anyone unfortunate enough to have grown up with basically uh unmonitored internet access has probably seen the clint malarchuk video mm-hmm. which i've seen and uh Without getting too graphic, uh, the basically the only reason he survived is um, I, I want to say the Sabres trainer was like a combat veteran, like a combat medic. Wow. And 
without getting too graphic once again, knew how to fix that. Stop deal that. with yeah, like more than a. Uh, I, again, I don't want to get into. Yes, we uh, know that you want to get into too graphic detail, but the guy was trained in a very specific way, right? Yes, yeah. To to make sure that the that somebody could survive a wound like that, and it's very specific training yeah. because where else would you get a wound like that? Well, and and I'm not saying uh, the the person on what was it the Nottingham Panthers? Yeah, I, I'm not saying they didn't have that training. They may or may not have. I mean, no one no one can prepare you. For I that. doubt, and even if you do have the training, it might not be enough. I doubt very many NHL trainers have that kind of training, right? It's it's exactly. And so so I think what this comes down to what's going to create and this i this remember do you remember richard zednick yes i do Um, he had his uh, carotid artery cut yep that's right and when when that happened there was a whole conversation about neck guards and one of the things i can remember don cherry saying was what the hell why won't these guys wear this uh that's don cherry that's don cherry's like i don't understand it's a piece of fabric what's the what's the matter like you there like scott wheeler highlighted that there was there were a bunch of people who were like oh what's next let's just bubble wrap everybody all right like that's just the fringe of the fringe like you got don cherry going dude yeah you you gotta you know you know like a it doesn't he have made to a be... career out of being manly, manly, manly man. Yeah. Like you, dude, you gotta protect your neck. And I, I wondered with with the neck, the neck guards, like the traditional ones that we wore were clunky and fat and whatever. But what you can now do is like you, you know, the 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 stuff they wear under, the under armor stuff that's literally like spray painted to their bodies, right? That's yeah. suction cup. Yeah. That a lot of that time that stuff has like Kevlar in it, so you can't put a skate blade through it. Mm-hmm. What if you were to just extend that up so we have an NHL? Uh, an NHL version of the Thomas Planet's uh, turtleneck. turtleneck, but it's not thick. It's just a wrap and it goes around part of the neck. Yeah, there's a great company I, I want to shout out. They're AEGIS Impact Protection and they make uh, like the highest, best grade uh, neck guards. And they have a, a neck guard one that's just like the traditional one that goes around your neck. And they also have the exact what you're talking about. They call it the in- Inceptor bib. You know, it's, it protects the shoulders and just kind of sits there as like a little tur- mock turtleneck. And for for them specifically, uh, I want to shout, shout them out because they per- uh, protect against the slashes. You know, like the 90 oh. degree slash of a skate against the neck that that is can turn out to be fatal, you know? And a lot of the neck guards they're they're they add a layer of protection but they're like foam you know and if a if a skate really wants to get in there it can but these guys do great work um to protect against the actual slashes of a of a very sharp knife knife against your your neck and they're working with nhl players like evander kane who had his wrist slashed last season and missed multiple months uh due to the surgery from that they're working with players to get the best protective gear out there tj oshi has a company as well i saw so you know something i remember um uh remember when dion Phaneuf had his uh thigh slashed by a skate mm-hmm. uh, when he was with the leafs so we went to a uh i was working with nike at the time and we went to some sort of team canada event i can't remember zach cassian was there Braden shen was there and they were all like showing off and talking about their new like kevlar stuff like on their wrists and on their legs and and it was relatively new uh, and if it wasn't new, like not everyone really used it, but that sort of, you know, woke people up like, oh, I should, you know, I should wear this stuff. I should protect myself. And never at any point, like, was the neck even really part of the conversation, mm-hmm. you know? So can can we prevent any and every bad thing from happening? No, but it's reasonable, isn't it? You can it's make reasonable. it a lot less likely to happen. 
it's reasonable to wear neck protection. Yeah, it it, it it makes me so upset because it seems so simple. It's like what putting on a helmet when you when you're playing hockey. Like for for decades, it, the helmets weren't required until halfway through the last century. Like goalies didn't wear masks, and you can just wear a helmet and, and protect shots, your brain. The shots weren't as hard. And and, sure. and they didn't They're go hard high. enough. They didn't go higher sure. oh, for sure. And and listen, missing teeth back in the day was a little bit more like when when they when they didn't wear masks because a lot of them were like World War II vets, right? They'd seen they they weren't afraid of much. Okay. But as we as and I'm I'm backing you up here, Jesse. <laughs> yes. As we continued through and we had this debate 20 years ago with Zednik, people were like, I don't like it. It's uncomfortable. Well, it was, and it was it, a lot more recent than that. What's so funny about it to me is you have. One player on the ice who will do anything they can to protect themselves. And then you got five players on the ice who will do nothing unless you force it. The goalies, if you let them put a, a, a like whatever the goalies can can add to their repertoire, they'll do mm. players. It's like, no, fuck it. Mm -hmm. I, I couldn't I couldn't stand having a hot neck while I played. So I hope uh, I hope at very least, you know, uh, uh there's some consideration for this. And I understand the whole idea of like, you know, you're, you're playing a 60 minute game. It's super sweaty. Maybe they get this breathable material. That's super light. Who They're doing crazy shit with materials right now uh, that they couldn't do five years ago. Well, I, I'm sure they can figure this right. out. There's gotta be like some sort of uh, comfort to protection factor. And, and that's what I'm, that's what I'm getting. So like I, I posted a tweet. I was like, listen, if you don't play with a neck guard, like mm -hmm. I'm earnestly asking why, and the answer was loud and clear. It's a comfort thing. But listen, I bet you'll skate faster without a cup. Nope. I bet. You know, you you won't have it impeding you. You you know you you won't be as hot. Oh, you know you might take a puck to the nuts, but you're you're willing to take that risk, right, for the boys? No, you know, no, you're not because you it's, use that for fun stuff. It's well that too. <laughs> yeah, same with your eyes and your neck. You know. Yeah. No, I consider my neck actually to be quite fun. I do too. Um, but not everybody. In your brain. Yes, like. Uh, we we gotta wake up here, and like I don't I don't have it either. I don't have it either, and I'm 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 at risk, like because <laughs> I'm not a good skater. I could fall down at any moment. Someone who's a good skater, you never know. And it do, it does rarely happen for, but for the times that it does, yeah, yeah. and it's it's but, worth having the protection. But for me personally, as like a you know beer league guy, not even uh, like it's not even a matter of I don't wear it. Like I don't even own it. Like so, so I gotta buy this like today because I don't know. I'm sort of sitting there like, what am I? What am I doing? Mm -hmm. I I accidentally right. I I've told the story before, but I accidentally played hockey without a cup once because I just I didn't pack it, and there was a guy who was like, oh, I never play with one. I was like, you're okay, you're nuts. Like that was that was the most uncomfortable. You're game nuts. I've, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. it was the most uncomfortable <laughs> game I've ever played because I just felt so unprotected. Yeah. Um. It's. Like and we we got to protect her. The easiest yeah. parallel is the visors. You know, the the longest complaint about all these guys, I could never play with a visor. And in 2013, it's really recently. And if you watch the Leafs on Saturday night, Ryan O'Reilly scored two goals without a visor on. He's he's one of the old players who's still grandfathered in and chooses not to wear a visor. And eventually the whole league is going to wear visors because it makes sense. Yeah, Ryan he's Reeves doesn't wear one either. Ryan yeah. Reeves doesn't wear one. Yeah, if you watch any Leafs game, Ryan Reeves is out there. But eventually everybody's going to wear it. And you have to protect hockey players from themselves. Because if you give them the choice, to to do the thing that they're used to and not have this protection, they're going to take it because they believe things like my vision's better if I don't have the visor on everything. So you have to, somebody 
in upper management has to take the onus out of the hockey players and say, hey, you have to protect yourself and implement these net guards because mm-hmm. it just makes sense. If you can prevent just these things from happening less frequently and just because the material is there, it's the you don't have to invent something new. We already have it. Just why isn't there a mandate there? I, it, it just seems like obvious. But, you know, this these things take time. I mean, I'm sure the PA will step up and say no, NHL, please. <laughs> Please don't. Don't make our players uncomfortable. Uh, Marty Walsh, uh, like, get on them. They're different now. They are a little bit different now. Um, uh, I mm, the the Providence Bruins uh, in in uh, their game yesterday, I think, came out. A lot of them were wearing neck guards. Um, I think this is going to be. I think there's going to be a, a shift here. I I, I think people are going to yeah, and I, I think if if this happens and it's only in print, like you can't see it. It's in print journalism like 20 years ago, 30 years ago when people didn't have wide access to the Internet. I think people ignore it. But I think now that you could see it in full HD, it has a different effect. Yeah, I'm never I'm never going to watch. it. Yeah, something that happens in in Sheffield, you know, is now a global international story. You know? 100%. It's a lot different environment. One last story I'd like to hit before we go to the uh, press conference. And this is just a quick one is the NBA has come out and recognized that they have an issue finding a young audience. Now, if the NBA is saying this, that Uh-oh. that should be a, a big old warning sign for hockey. And and they said the reason is cord cutting. Uh, Adam Silver said, we recognize that in some ways the decline of cable has disproportionately affected the NBA. Our young audience isn't subscribing to cable and those fans aren't finding our games. Now, their goal, this is the difference between the NBA and the, NF, or in the NHL, Okay. The NBA's goal for their next set of domestic media rights, they want to make $75 billion. <laughs> wow. Billion. What's, you, what's the NHL's American deal? Uh, it's split between ESPN and TNT. I can tell you in half a second. Yeah. Because the Canadian one, it's like not even a billion a year, right? No, it's 500 um, I was trying to. We've talked. To, the reason yeah. I wanted to talk about this is you're seeing teams like the Vegas Golden Knights copy teams like uh, the Utah Jazz and this and the Suns. And the Suns were the ones sending out, "Hey, if you want uh, an over-the-air uh, bunny ears transmission tower for your house, just email us and we'll get you one. And you can watch 79 of our games or something like that." Uh, the Utah Jazz have done something similar. Um, what Adam Silver said is there are still roughly $65 million or 65 million homes in America that view sports in a traditional way. And he said one of the things that they want to focus on is allowing fans to come to one place to find games. And what what did he cite? What do you think he cited? What did he cite? He cited the NFL buying Thursday night for, or having Thursday night bought by Amazon. So essentially... If you don't watch football, which I know you don't, Thursday night, I know uh, you can only watch it on Prime. That's Prime Night, uh, except in Canada. Except in Canada, we got it here. Yeah, yeah. So, um, what they're probably going to do, and I keep swearing up and down that this is going to happen to hockey too. When once they get smart, is they want you to be able to go to one subscription service, pay the subscription, watch the game, no matter where you are. Man, that's not no matter what you're doing. That's crazy. Not crazy. The, the NHL deal, by the way, is four hundred million dollars every year from uh, Disney for seven years. It's less than the Canadian one. Yeah, four, Still, four hundred million a year. Well, it's also, they have like less games. It's right? less games. Yeah, because oh. well, the TNT deal included in that. I think the TNT was at two hundred fifty or three hundred million. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's, it's it is uh, more like six hundred. Yeah, Rogers is exclusive in Canada, whereas ESPN isn't. Yeah. yeah. What's Rogers per year? They are so it was twelve billion or so twelve billion. 
4 uh, billion over 12 years. I thought I think it was 5.2 billion. Or five, oh no, yeah, 4 billion was Star Wars. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Rogers could have bought Star Rogers, Wars. Rogers could have bought Star Wars, yeah. yeah. Um, Holy shit. Um, and that the thing was, the way they structured the deal was <laughs> in the first year, because Rogers was just supposed to be getting their footing, they only had to pay 200 million American. And so later on in the deal, that number goes up. So they might be in the six or seven hundred million dollars per what's, year. What's the average? What's the what's the that the average division? would be three hundred, three hundred million? Because oh, okay. it's it's four divided by twelve, so I think it's three hundred million. They grossly go. overestimated Canadians' desire to watch like a Thursday night Flyers Rangers game. Yes. Yeah. Like, yo, okay, that's a great game. But like most people aren't going to watch that. And the funny thing about it is predating that, what could you do with the NHL app? What could you do? Center ice. Ah. Do you remember NHL center ice? Uh, I don't think I used it very much. Okay, so I had it. <laughs> and you could watch any game anywhere. Mm-hmm. And the... the was, it, was that too good? Is that and when then they got rid of it? When they took it, when, when Rodgers took it, it still existed for a couple more years. And then they were like, no, let's just have it all in the Sportsnet app. Okay. But it, NHL Center Ice did all this 10 years ago. They went backwards. All the stuff that they're going to move to, the NHL had it, and they had it on their own platform. And they had they all they had to do was stick with it, man. It's crazy. I think, Whoever had that idea was really smart. I think a big part of this, and this has always been a sticking point for me, it's not about one company, it's every company, is um, there was this tremendous resistance to the digital age there was this tremendous resistance to all things internet it's still going on today we'll go into meetings and people will be like so what's a podcast and it's like you're not qualified to work in media (laughs) you're not you're not quit your job find something else to do you're not qualified to talk about media it's 2023 you don't know what a podcast is or how it's measured retire go to the beach Mm -hmm. retire and go to the beach please like I'm, i'm so sick of this like i saw some people, uh, I, th- th- there was one commenter in particular who is older and they're like, well, I'm older and, you know, I know how to work this and work that. You're the exception to the rule. Uh, and it's unfortunate. Believe me, I wish it weren't true. If it, if it, <laughs> if, uh, if, 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 uh, if, ugh. anyway, sorry, I'm extremely tired. <laughs> um, but, uh, what happened is the future came. Mm-hmm. And these companies weren't prepared for the fucking future because they resisted it for the better part of a decade. Yep. And uh, weirdly, the majority of the products we have now stink. (laughs) Yeah. And it shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. It happened in the record industry too, but where the record industry got smart, uh, because they were the first ones to go, right? They were the first ones that went down. Music being downloaded illegally uh, or for free or wherever you want to classify it. They... Somebody, um, came, somebody came to them with a great idea, um, and one of the record reps in Sweden, a guy named Per Sundin, pushed it with Universal Music, and now we have Spotify. Uh, it was it was Daniel Daniel Eck or whatever his name is, the guy that came up with Spotify. That idea saved the record industry. Well, and like pe- people are stealing music, that's bad, and we should stop it. Like yes, by okay. forcing them to do the thing that you've always forced them to do, rather than coming up with something new. Well, exactly. Like, instead of like, listen, I I don't resent the flaw uh, or I don't resent the logic. Like they're stealing it. We should stop them from stealing it. But forward thinking um, would be, this is the future and we cannot stop it. How do we adapt? Mm -hmm. And the ones who adapted survived. The ones who didn't are out of business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Dude, I've, I've been talking about this shit since like 2007, 2008. Uh, we're all watching. You only need one device to watch everything. Yeah. But like, I'm still remembering like, oh no, you need like a, like a TiVo box and you need this and you need that. And you need all of this bullshit to watch all the things you wanted to watch. Dude, make it easy. Mm-hmm. Make it easy. Like I, I know we don't really talk about him anymore, but Louis CK, when he had a comedy special years ago where there was going to be all this bullshit and this person gets a piece of the pie. This person gets a piece of the, no, I'm just going to produce it myself. I'm going to put it on a website and it's going to cost $5. And he literally goes, yes, you can steal it, but please don't. And most people didn't mm-hmm. because it was only five bucks. Like you'd be surprised how actually open and honest people are. If you just make something cheap and easy. And, uh, unfortunately, Big telecoms across the world have made it fucking impossible mm-hmm. to consume and expensive. anything. Yeah. In, impossible and expensive. Yeah. Yeah. How often do you get an email from one of your subscription services that just goes, well, hey, your shit's jacked. <laughs> We're jacking up your shit. Sorry. But also like, what are you going to do about it? Like, <laughs> the South Park. Fucking thing. loser. <laughs> oh, oh no. you can't. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> anyway, let's, uh, let's do the press conference. Jesse Blake. The Presser. S-D-P. The Steve Dangle Press Conference. All right. First question comes from Mr. S. Barahaney. Hey. Oh. Oh. Our NBA reporter asks us, do you think there are more wheels in the world or doors? So like do wheels on like toy cars count? Yes. Every wheel or every door. It's got to be wheels. It's, it has to be wheels. I'm going to throw in windows. Okay. Now, okay. But what are you saying? Windows or doors? Windows, doors, or wheels. Rank them. And which, that's three categories or two? Which one has the most in the world? And windows and doors are separate? Yes. Like a window that on I would a door. Say windows, wheels, doors. I would say I'm still saying. Hmm? I'm still saying wheels. I think wheels, windows, doors. Yeah. Is oh, that what you said? No, see, I, no I think we. I think windows. I think first. windows. Because I think of there's like, more windows. Yeah, because like a condo. I think a condo. Think. Yeah. And you see, so yeah, like think, think of how many doors are in your condo. It's a lot of doors. Yeah. Here's okay. <laughs> my and like my thing with windows is that there's rarely <laughs> one. Right. Yeah. There's and, and and with wheels, there's rarely one. You can't you you don't usually have one wheel unless it's a wheelbarrow by itself. A I think wheel. doors got to be last. Right. I think it has to be. Has yeah. to. Yeah. So like every car, like people talk about the four wheels on a car. Mm-hmm. Isn't your steering steering wheel? Yep. Does that count as a wheel? Uh no no oh? no 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 a steering wheel. It's called a steering wheel. No, we're talking about the traditional like wheel that would be on a ground. Now, what about cheese? I see no. You're expanding, wheel of you're expanding the word wheel, but no. We're talking about the traditional wheel that is perpetually in motion Words to matter. wheel something. Now, Words matter. Okay. So so let me ask you this, okay? I don't know if I use the word perpetually in so motion correctly. I had to... My, my very old Mustang was so hot in the summertime. Boiling hot because mm. it's an old engine mm. and it's summer. And you can put the top down, but you're boiling hot. So I had to put an air conditioning unit in it, mm-hmm. which meant that I needed to put a whole new piece on the front of the engine you know, with the uh, the timing belts, right? Because mm-hmm. I had to have two timing belts now instead of one. Are the things on the engine that run the timing belt wheels? 
Because I feel like they should be. Yeah, I feel, they are in motion. I feel like they should be as well. Yeah, I feel right? like those are wheels. So, I feel like every little like piece of equipment that requires like a wheel spinning to run is a wheel. I think it's wheels by a mile. Has wheels to be. by a mile. No, a mile. no, but windows. Nah. Oh, but we, yeah, so yeah, if you go downtown and you see one skyscraper. Yeah. And it's got like how many every, panes of windows? Every single one of those panes where it's yeah. cut is a window. How many sky, like there's so many condos in the world. Okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, I'm about to to break this okay. right now. If you're if you're thinking cars, cars actually have more windows than wheels. Yep, they're five. That's what well, I'm like, saying. If windshield, you... window, window, oh, window, six. window, uh rear view. Yeah. Minimum. There's six. Yeah. Minimum. A regular four door car has six windows. On my oh, truck, shit. you can make the argument that there's seven. Because it's got a sliding little window. Yep. That I can open it that's automatic and a little, little yep. slide. You know, pickup trucks have that. I'm still saying wheels. I think you're wrong. I think it's windows. I think it's windows too. Kiss my bottom. Does <laughs> if you do. What's that? Sunroof. 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 Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of rare. Does your mouse have a sunroof? No. It doesn't? No. You should you should cut one. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Just like with a with a hammer? Yeah. Just... No, with this with a sharp knife. Jaws of life. Too easy. Adam, what's your official pick? I'm going to say windows, wheels, and doors. Steve Wheels, windows, doors. And I got the same one as Adam. All right. On uh, Saturday night? Sunday. On Sunday, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks played a basketball game in Milwaukee. Before the game. know this. The Milwaukee Bucks had Flava Flav perform the national anthem. I think it'd be fun if we all sat here and watched Flav. Are we allowed to run this? Jesse, this is three minutes long. And you'll see why three minutes long. No, Steve. No. You'll get to the end and you'll think it's over. (laughs) Here is Flava Flav performing the national anthem at the Milwaukee Bucks game. By six-time Grammy Award-nominated rapper and artist, Flava Flav. I'm never forgiving Wisconsin for this. Oh, oh, say, can you see by the dawn's early light? He's doing okay. What so proudly we hail at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes Does Twitter do videos this long? And bright stars mm, Hit that fucking note the the snapping he's doing isn't helping. We okay, he's getting worse as it goes. We're so gallant. Look at the players. <laughs> all right, all right. Now here's the high note. Here's oh, the high no. note. oh no. And oh no. Oh no. Night. To the night. That's the wrong lyric. 
that our flag was The girl in the back? He's going fucking oh, off script. say, does that star <laughs> spangle Come on. All the <laughs> land of the free. Not bad. Not bad. Not and great either. And the whole of what? Of the Tell brave. Of the brave. Oh, my God. I told you you'd think it was over. Yeah, they shut up his <laughs> and mic. And they got his mic. Now, I told you, you thought it would be over, but it's not. Uh, now, okay. Uh, All right. If we were going to do. Fuck you guys for making If we were going to do a, uh, a. Bad friends. A March Madness bad anthems. Mm -hmm. I think he and Fergie hit the top. Fergie wins. You think oh, Fergie beats no, him? Fergie wins. Dude, I saw that debate. Uh, his anthem kicks Fergie's ass. Yeah. yeah. That's Adele compared to Fergie. <laughs> Like, the Fergie that or sorry that Fergie anthem was I it's all they, time it's the worst remember, thing remember ever. they tried to tried to spin it though they they were like oh, oh it was just her trying something new it's like it's the anthem it's sung one way <laughs> I think you're thinking of <laughs> Nelly you, Furtado oh she did one too that was uh, so bad yeah no one enjoyed it um no but Fergie did one mm, yeah no it was fucking awful yeah. yeah yeah okay here's the difference Flava Flav does not judge singing competitions or does he there's a lot of shows out there that I don't watch. So, and you watch them all, uh, or at least know. Well, he did the Flavor of Love, like where he was dating and stuff like that. That's by very, the way, that's very I, different. I did find it oh. sort of funny that that they're like, well, six-time Grammy-nominated guy, whatever. Flavor Flav is beloved, but Chuck D is is sort of the brains behind Public Enemy, is he not? Well, a also, yeah, but Flavor Flav has made him the most famous. Yeah, you're he right. Made himself the most famous. And you ever. know what? He he stepped up there and he gave it. He knew he stunk. Yeah. But he gave it. Just because you have Grammys and nominations doesn't mean you're good at singing. Like you'd never be like, oh, he sold this many albums and performed to millions worldwide, singing our national anthem. Slash. <laughs> yeah. Like you, you would never have that. Yeah. No, it's a good point. So Flavor Flav tweeted after uh, the anthem went viral. He said the anthem was a longtime bucket list item. That was fun. I can't live my life worried about what people might say about me. I won't let that stop me from trying new things and doing things I want to do. Some people might not like that, but a fa but a sure failure is if you stop trying. Can't hate that. Yeah. Although I, I will say that his clocks have gotten smaller as he's gotten older. Well, I mean, he get neck pain. Yeah, you know, he got to ease ease into old age a little. Mm. <laughs> no, I got that. That makes sense. Yeah. Jesse, do you have anything else that you want to <laughs> I can, I can, uh, We got lots of questions. Dude, before the show, you're like, oh, yeah, we got to do a press conference. And then you do, what was that, 10 minutes on Flavor Flav? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was what? a long anthem. Long, long anthem. I know. I heard it. <laughs> I wish I hadn't. Um, this one was from Carolyn Miller. Did you guys revisit your opinion on the Oilers heritage classic look? I thought they looked really good on TV. No. No, we hated on the jersey. Um, that ribbon thing. No, I liked the jersey. I didn't like the brown oh, yeah. pants and gloves. <laughs> yeah. uh, and right. I will say it looked better outside. 
Uh, it looked better outside. It always does. Uh, um, I still would have tried something else, but no, it, it it looked good. It it wasn't bad enough that it was worth complaining about. If you and like those it, jerseys I didn't were, really, it those jerseys were unreal. If you like it, good for you. Those jerseys were not for me. I just no, didn't think they were very either. good. And I know that they were based on another team's jerseys from the 50s, and I would say that those team's jerseys were also not good. They they tried something, whereas the Flames were like, hey, you know how we have a cool logo? Let's make it boring. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wasn't really into it. Yeah, I, and yeah. at least it meant something. Right? Both were kind of mediocre. Um, this from Elise. Do you think the NHL dropped the ball promoting outdoor games? Seeing a lot of people saying they didn't realize when the Heritage Classic was going to be. Um, I disagree with this one in particular because I will say this is one of the only outdoor games in recent memory I can think of where I actually knew when it was going to be. Um, I feel like this one was promoted quite a bit. In Canada. In Canada. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but like that's who's watching it, right? I, and that's that's why I think probably um, guys, are we getting enough promo on this in Wyoming? Yeah, like I don't think I don't know if that ESPN or TNT would have cared as much as two Canadian teams going head to head. This is a Sportsnet event. I saw t plenty of promotion from Sportsnet on it. Yep. So yeah. at very least they didn't drop the ball. But they'll be like, oh, yeah, the like it, it'll be two in the afternoon and there will be an outdoor game between like the Penguins and Flyers starting yeah. in an hour. And I'm like, what? Yeah. A lot of a lot of it, too, is if you think it's not promoted enough, these are local events is what it comes yeah. down to. Yeah, like the, it was I, a huge deal there. The all-star game, outdoor games, they're for the fans that can go and the stadium that they're having it at. And yeah. they're promoted like crazy in those markets. So you just might not be in those markets because they're not um, like the craziest TV events. You know, even though the outdoor the outdoor games do do great television numbers for the NHL and have historically. Doo -doo. They're some of the most most watched games ever do do. Um but they're more for the local fans. Yes. And that's okay. Yeah. That's well, okay. You, if it's you if gotta it's, give fans a little extra something. There's a game today. Oh okay. Ah, there's an outdoor game today. Ooh, I'll check that out. See, I always thought if the NHL ever moved to what the NBA is trying this uh, this month of November and December, which is like an early season sort of tournament, mm -hmm. um, it would be super sick to have it be at a neutral location. And then they have because there's other, you know, if you watch any other sport other than hockey, a lot of different sports have different championships within mm -hmm. and uh, hockey fans. Would be like, <laughs> uh, but it would be kind of cool if like it was the heritage class. Let's say it's name rename it something else, but it's at a big football stadium. It's in the cold and two teams have to earn it. And then they're there in front of at a neutral location in front of fans that's kind of neat. say it's in minnesota because it's cold there yeah um or buffalo uh i think that would be neat uh to to see and like there would be like a championship element to that i, I think know. it also hurt that uh you know it was like is mcdavid gonna play these guys have three combined wins yeah <laughs> like again that's what i mean right is it if <laughs> to make it a national event there has to be something on the line and the teams have to be good. And other than well, what was on the line, 30th place. They don't have to be good because we talked about like the winner here can turn around their season, right? Like this game mm -hmm. uh, had more weight than any outdoor yeah. game I can think of in recent memory. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Good point. All done. Okay, all done. Well, fine then. Yeah. We're out of here. Ah. <sighs> we hope that's you all the have a second worst thing to hit my ears this show. We hope you have a safe and happy oh. Halloween. Um, I remember to check your kids' candy beforehand because there might be razor blades oh, in it. Oh no! There won't. No, be. there probably won't. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle at Adam W Y L D E and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.